So we're live. Live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm your host, Paul. And we are joined by, um, like I say, two two lovely, uh, I was going to say two lovely new, one new lovely guest and uh, Goodwill. And Goodwill. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Goodwill. I knew it was coming. (laughs) He takes his drink, but yes. So, um, just wanted to shout out before we go, go into everything as well, because we were put meant to have another person on tonight, that was the lovely Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, she has been very unwell. Um, we've got a picture in the top right corner with her favourite person as well. So um, hopefully she oh. appreciates it. Oh. Oh. Right in that nose. <laughs> oh, yes. We love you, Charlotte. I hope you feel better soon as well. And I uh, hope Ruby doesn't kill you when you get home as well. Well, yes, so this is uh, episode 113. I'm surprised people are still listening to this shit. Uh, Are they out of swear yet? That's after 15 seconds. I don't know. I don't know. I I was wondering, but fuck it. But yes. yes. (laughs) So yes, this episode we are talking about uh, our favourite franchises. But as with all new guests as well, we always have to do a little intro. So tell us a little bit about yourself there, Jessica. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just the awkward nerd that nights at a time is in costume. <laughs> you won't ever see one version of me at the set, like, more than once. Um, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, hair changes every time. <laughs> <laughs> so so what is your favourite costume? What is your favourite costume, though? Um, probably the, the X-Men rogue from the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um Huge, huge fan. Still terrified if you ever do on screen. Cause I'm like, will he ever get a right? True. I know I there was rumours that she was supposed to be playing the bad guy in the, a new Miss Marvel's movie, isn't it? That she's supposed to be playing a, 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 a terrorist or something. But original what? script, yeah. Until the um, the contract thing for X Men came out about being held mm. off till 2025. They can't use them. Right. Um, in live uh-huh. action. Mm. Um, Hang on. Yes. I'm a huge Captain Marvel fan, and I know that she steals Rogue's powers. So how is then Rogue the bloody terrorist? I, that makes no sense to me. Could just flip and reverse it, do Rogue stealing her powers? No, because that was <laughs> such a good story in the air cartoons. Yeah, never mind. You never, never, you never know. And I bet you do get a lot of attention from the teenage boys when you go at the cons dressed as Rogue as well. Because <laughs> I, I remember when X Men that X Men. Cartoon came out when I was a kid. I had the posters on the wall and everything. So yes, it was one of my fan favourites as well. Oh, forty-year-old women who is, come and stalk you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm showing my age now because when I'm at cons, past a certain like younger audience, they don't know what it is. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I'm not old, but this isn't even relevant anymore. Ooh! I would have slapped that them. Just, just, hit this, just, just hit them. Just beat them down. But yes. Well, I saw you in Liverpool last year, and you, uh, the, uh, the minute I clocked mm-hmm. the rogue costume, I was like, "Ah, oh, it's Jessica." <laughs> <laughs> you look now, fantastic. Now I'm sure you've done a Hellraiser one before as well, have you? Hellraiser was an ordeal. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, progressively, were falling off during the day, <laughs> just collecting right. them all. Up. <gasps> Bless you. But I, I, yeah. I know, like say, the amount of work you put in. And, like, say, I know you've been part of the Nerdy Up North community for, like, say, this, like, probably the start um, when you joined. 
But I'd like to say just a bit of history for the nerdy up north nerds as well. Jessica was our actually first ever winner of a nerd competition we did where we had actually a quiz that I think was only about 10 people that joined. So boo to everyone who didn't. But um, we did like a horror quiz and everything like that. And I got told that the questions were all too hard, but Jessica pretty much got every single one of them right. So I actually got messages <laughs> from me. I got messages from my friends saying, these are too hard. Why are you being so mean to us? But like I said, Jessica didn't have any problems with them. Yeah, my uh, my trivia thing is like I, it's my like sort of useless talent is knowing just ridiculous trivia that will never be any of use for me. <laughs> um, but it's all there. Uh... Certainly, I think uh, one of the questions as well um, that threw everyone was the name of the the family of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you just laughed out your head and had the, the name straight away, and everyone else was like, "Nope, no idea." <laughs> oh my god, that's one of my favorite films, and I can't even think of it right now. You know what, right um, now it's actually escaping I, me because it's been a while since I've had it on. I can't actually think of it right now. So, well, do, you, do you know the answer to this? Nope. That's going to bug me. <laughs> it's going to bug me. I believe, I, I could be wrong, but I, I, like, if my memory's correct, it's a Sawyer family, isn't it? Oh, I hate this now. There's me going to know my trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just, but I think it is a Sawyer family. Without Googling it. Um, Someone I'm in the chat will probably, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, chat bots help us now. Yes, yes. Help us. oracles of the chat. So, go um, on. Sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. Uh, looks like a few Martins just came into the chat as well. So he's normally the oracle of useless, useless information as well. Um, Someone gives it because I, my fingers just aren't working and not typing properly. Um, <laughs> just had too so, much fun today. That's the problem. <laughs> I've been ill all week, and I've literally just had to sort in one day my whole week out so it's been eventful and before we get into this week's episode i'm gonna have to ask the question because i've watched a lot of shit this week how are you guys and what have you been watching it didn't sound too cheesy that didn't sound it it sounded a little bit easier this time Uh, martin's just said the sawyers you were right Ah, (laughs) my knowledge what have you been watching (laughs) Well, uh, two new things this week. Uh, firstly, The Last of Us, the first episode, uh, which yes. premiered last Monday. Uh, that got the, uh, <laughs> what's going to be affectionately known as the Goodwill Walrus of Excellence. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it exceeds so that's, that's seals of approval. seal of approval now. Seal of approval is between one and five. Walrus of Excellence is utter perfection. Um, I had, I had, um, I had my doubts, um, as with all mm-hmm. video game adaptations. But I thought, no, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to shit in it immediately. What we know where most people are. But I'll give it a chance. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be different than the games. I'd heard some things, you know, why it's different and stuff. And I think the first episode was done terrifically well, mm-hmm. brilliantly executed, brilliantly acted, score, photography, everything. Perfect. I love, 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 love the tiny little changes that they've made. Oh, and I am going to stop you now. I'm going to be a bit of a meanie. The reason being, I after watching the first episode, I am demanding we do an episode on The Last yeah. of Us. So mm-hmm. I am going to keep so all The Last up. of Us content, content uh, to it, similar to what we did with The Sandman, just because yeah. I do think this is going to be a bit special. And I yeah, watched it. I- I've watched it a few times this week, I'll be honest. Really? Um, it's, it, it amazed us that much. 
it is a it is a um a sh- episode worthy show so i totally agree yes. so anytime you mention a goodwill you're just gonna have content screamed in your face <laughs> the well the other thing that i've watched was that 90s show we will not uh, be doing an episode on this we will not be but I've now, had mixed opinions and mixed reviews. Now, as you as you guys already know, wasn't mm-hmm. a fan of the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were problems. However, I stuck with it. And between episode three and four, four to five, there was a shift in quality mm-hmm. uh, when it came to the writing and the acting. And I think that's when they sort of got their act together. Mm-hmm. Um, and overall... I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice little nod. Again, some issues, but if they do get it, I mean, if they get a season two, Netflix. Mm. Netflix. <laughs> um, I think that I've got high hopes for it. It did get three out of five seal claps, and it did get the Goodwill seal. Urf, urf, of Are you actually trying to make this a thing now? I, I think it, it, will really it will be a thing. It will be a thing. I think it's oh, fantastic. Is, it? is this because of the, the, the Twitch theme that you're becoming now, that you're becoming a oh. movie reviewer? Naff off with this, man. Um, <laughs> no, no not it, at all, Goodwill. But, it's but it, <laughs> it, it, it is, like I said, it's, it's worth sticking with. Um, mm. I think it's, it's not as... The the first series of that seventies show was was brilliant, mm-hmm. um, and I think this had a lot of competition with that. I stuck with it. I enjoyed it. If there's a season two, brilliant. If there isn't, not really a big loss. But with mm-hmm. Netflix, even if it's got, you know, if it, even if it's most popular, there's always that risk. I mean, when Wednesday um, mm-hmm. aired, people were like, "This is brilliant." It'll be cancelled by Netflix. And there's always going to be that paranoia. There's been rumours. There's been rumours that they weren't going to pick it up for a second season. Exactly. (laughs) Not a fan in the slightest. What? And someone didn't like it? You know, it was Morticia. Um, Mm. Really upset me. They made her so harsh and such an awful mother. And it was like, that was never the narrative. Like, they were the most perfect, supportive parents. Um, Mm -hmm. To do this all of a sudden was kind of like, you can't go and tarnish Morticia. Like, I can't accept that. <laughs> like, no, no, that's all. Like, like, see, it was interesting because with all the different views and stuff, but I think with Netflix, like, a good point that Goodwill made was with Netflix now, I think they even come out with a statement that they don't try and make a season last more than three three seasons because that's when budgets go up and they've got to increase yeah. the contracts. So yeah. I'd say that's why most things don't last that long. But um it's interesting. I know, like, say, well, Wednesday was always going to be um, a Marmite show. I think I've, I've, I've had fans that love it and fans that hate it. I've never had many people that come on and say it was okay. I, I, it, it's it's either the like, like the cross, but I think with a lot of different things with like Wednesday, uh, I loved aspects of it and I, I enjoyed it. And, like, say, as it went on, I loved more and more of it. This um. But I can certainly see why someone would be upset with the like where Morticia was. To me, it didn't upset me as much, but that might be because, no. like, say, I was never really that strong. I, like, to my affiliate with Morticia was that I fancied it. That was probably <laughs> my strong point. Being honest with you, but um, like, say, I was more happy with that the casting of Gomez and how they got Gomez. I thought mm. was spot on. Yeah. So that was like, say, why I enjoyed it. But like, I think when we done the episode review, um, I had issues with Fester as well. I never mm-hmm. thought the mm-hmm. Festa kite quite worked, but 
Um, it'd be interesting how they're going to do season two because the, it's, it's, the surprise factor's gone now. So now it's got to actually be entertaining from the start and try and bring something new because that's yeah. what made it work. But yeah, I, um, I think I think there was never a doubt that there was going to be a season two Wednesday. I think the the question with with Netflix was the company that made Wednesday was bought by Amazon, mm-hmm. MGM. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always that, well, if Netflix cancels it, it will just go to Amazon Prime. And I think with Netflix, it was sort of like, well, shit, <laughs> mm. we could, we could lose people here. Yeah. If right. we... And, and, and I was talking, I was talking to someone today about Stranger Things mm-hmm. and I said, you know, after the final season airs, Netflix is going to have a problem because they don't have a killer IP. But there's supposed mm. to be spinoffs that they're going to be doing with Stranger Things. That's, yeah. It's going to be a similar to what they did with um, again, spoiler for Walking Dead fans. <laughs> uh, at the end of the Walking Dead, when they just went, "Here's the ending," but we're going to spin off to all these different shows. I've got a feeling mm. the Stranger Things is going to do the same thing. Um, the the Walking Dead spin-offs are not going according to plan. Andrew Lincoln's pulled out; his contract's done. He's not doing oh, any spin-offs. Um, mm. that means Denai Guerrera is pulling out. She, so that's gone. That's scrapped. Um, the actress who's playing Carol. She's pulled out of the Daryl and Carol one, so it's just Daryl. Um, so the whole franchise lies on his shoulders. But he's just signed up for the John Wick uh, TV show. Um, the yes, what's it called? The oh, it's about the the hotel and stuff like that. I personally can't see Walking Dead going any further. But I did hear Mm. that about um, Norman Reedus. I do want nice things to happen for Norman Reedus. What you been watching, Jessica? (laughs) <laughs> so i've just started um a show called yellowstone ah yes mm. i've heard about it is that the one with kevin costner it is it's really really good it's very close to sons of anarchy it's got mm. a very That's similar right. filming style the dynamic is very similar not quite as um high-paced as what sons of anarchy was uh, mm-hmm. But it is actually one of the guys from Sons of Anarchy that's brought this as well. So he's taken a lot of notes from Kurt Sutler and brought it into his own mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah. right. Um, it's been good. It's been really interesting. Um, well, other than that, well, it's been White Lotus has absolutely pulled me in. Um, I've heard so many good things. It's so surreal. It's um, Jennifer Coolidge, isn't it? Hmm. She's fantastic. She's mint in everything, let's oh, be no. honest. <laughs> but I think the woman, um, with, the woman deserves the world. She really yeah. does. But I think with Yellowstone as well, because it's been out a while, but they've got it set in modern day, but they've got like 19, like six, uh, or 16. They've like, got a proper, spin-off prequel, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, where it's yeah. like yeah. or something. Yeah. But it's supposed to be violent as hell, and Kevin Costner playing a badass for once. So that's... Um, I've got quite a bit of interest in watching that. Oh, it's definitely worth a watch. It's a great dynamic. The cast is fantastic. Um, And yeah, it's a pretty solid story because it is to do with the ownership of land and Mm. taking a lot of it from um, Native Americans and the impact that's had and the dynamic Mm -hmm. between the two trying to get that land back. Yeah. Um, Yeah, good stories. I'm really surprised Carolyn hasn't been badgering us to watch it because the woman is obsessed with Kevin Costner. Absolutely Why wouldn't you obsessed. Be? 
Like, the, the, the man's a serious, should be doing more work. I was texting her while I was watching Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and she was like, can you stop? Like, <laughs> to be fair, though, taking the piss out of me, man. He's <laughs> um, the first, like, like, one of the first people I've watched as a serial killer that actually start cheering on and wanting them to get like get the end, because his, his version of, was it Mr. Brooks? Yeah, she's been badgering us to watch that as well. Absolutely brilliant scene. Kevin Costner's Sinister was just amazing. It was like Robin Williams' turn in One Hour Photo and Insomnia. That was Sinister as fuck, that. Can um, I... No, sorry, can I, can I... Can I just shout out one that I've literally just started called Kevin Can Go Fuck Himself? Okay. Okay. This <laughs> is... This is... It's it's on AMC. Uh, it's I think it's final season. Oh, are you being genuine? Yes. <laughs> I, thought you, I was going, who's Kevin? I thought who, you were like, what's yeah, Kevin yeah, yeah. done to you? Uh, yeah, this is my shout out to someone called Kevin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's on AMC. Um, it is so goddamn interesting because mm. it's a show that... that Initially, it looks like a sitcom, and it's mm-hmm. done as a multi-camera sitcom with a live studio audience, quote-unquote, uh, with the stereotypical shenanigans uh, when it focuses on the husband. When it focuses on the wife, it turns into a dark and gritty AMC drama within mm-hmm. the same scene. And it's oh. so hard to explain, but if you can just watch a trailer for it or, or yeah. watch a clip for it, you will realize like, the, there's been nothing else like this on television. Um, mm-hmm. And it's essentially like, say, one scene where they're in the living room um, and it's like, oh, the husband's been a doofus, blah, blah, blah. And then he leaves and then the wife's there and the scene changes. It's the exact same set, the exact same decoration, everything like that, but the lighting changes and it goes from like this bright and overly saturated sitcom to a dark and gritty AMC drama about the mental, you know, the, the issues that the wife is saying and how she wants to fucking kill her husband and how he's, she fucking hates him and stuff like that. And then when he comes back in, it's all bright and overly saturated with live audiences again. It's just, it's insane. Oh, that they, interesting. They don't explain any of it. They don't explain so, why it's like that. It just fucking does it, and it's brilliant. So we should be watching it when we're in a happy place, not in a bad place. Yes. <laughs> By the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. It sounds uh, entertaining. It does sound intriguing. Mm, Come yes. on then, Paul, what have you been watching? Yeah, I've been a bit boring, to be honest. Um, I've been catching up, catching up again, uh, watching... Uh, only, uh, it's, it's always sunny in Philadelphia for the third or fourth round, run through... Just, yeah. just in preparation from when we do the episode coming up in a few months' I time. I love Always Sunny. It's, it's the best. Guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, last year, it really got me and my husband through a very dark place. And we are now completely and obsessed with the podcast. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's it just how... I, 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 I watch it's it in an awe, just how they can get away with all the stuff that, that they do and how they say stuff. But... I can say it's absolutely brilliant uh, comedy and the timing, and it's like you can tell it, it they are close friends, and like the only way mm. the friends like I would love to know how much like say it was ad libbed and stuff because not all that must be for, uh, like scripted from watch their podcast what... and they'll tell you because they go through each ep- they're going through each episode they're only on there's some episodes where they don't do that and they are just talking but in quite honest there's not a lot of ad lib. They oh, do, right. that surprised they do, me, actually. They do write whatever's written on the script is they can change things and uh, minor mm. things, but in their mm. head, they spend a lot of time in that writing room. But 
But to be fair, Sam, there is only one podcast that people should be watching. That's very true. That is very true. <laughs> but this is another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, though. It's it, to be honest, Paul. It's like a show. It's just like an extended right. version of the show because it's the three of them with Megan, who you'll mm-hmm. come to love. She's one of the writers. And, but yeah, but we're, and... we're getting told off at shot by Charlotte for saying content as well. So because <laughs> we're doing an episode. <laughs> oh, damn it! Right, you've been watching Always Sunny. What else? Um. I'm going to go back to the really weird show that I'm actually obsessed with, uh, Moonshiners. Um, My which is, God. Oh God. <laughs> which is a new episode this week where they've been trying to make uh, some whiskey from Bali. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was fascinated by it because one because these two blokes in dungarees were getting upset because the wheat had been invested by weevils and wheat prices but are through the roof. At, and, and wheat prices are through the roof at the moment in America. So the, the couldn't afford to buy more wheat so they were thinking of ways to make the wheat fine but with it and kill the weevils without spoiling the, the corn so they were microwaving them they were freezing them they were using dry ice but it was the most fascinated part now i've ever watched on tv I, honestly, I really wanted them to kill these weevils without um like damaging the corn did anyone sing weevils wobble but they don't fall down <laughs> I, I, I don't think they do that in america no they were more think talking about the profits and they'll keep away from the e, law because what cause do one you the, cause, watch because one of the guys this is how funny it is because it's it's, a, it's american reality tv show so it's staged as fuck but they put it as like as as fit as like real type thing but one of the uh guys uh is being chased by the fire marshal because they found gear in his house and there was a fire, but they found all the like the, the tins and the moonshine. So he's been living in the woods, apparently, and hiding away, and he's getting angry at the other people because they keep bringing him shit food. And and But they've got a film crew following them around, so they're doing something that's highly illegal yeah. in America because they don't pay tax on the profits they make, but they've got a fucking film crew. <laughs> I mean, Duck Dynasty got away with it for so long, so, uh, you know. <laughs> certainly. But honestly, if you, it's on Discovery Channel, just moonshine. And it's one of the most fascinating and weird things you'll ever watch. But they make like a moonshine that tastes of cherries, uh, licorice, uh, um, apple pie and stuff like that. So um, some of the flavours, but the, what the charge for a jar, it's like you need a fucking fortune just to like be able to afford this stuff. But um, oh, it, it's like 50 quid a, a jar and stuff like that, $50 a jar and stuff, but they sell them by cases. <laughs> And um, it, it's just, like I say, one of the most bizarre things I've ever watched, watching them trying to get weevils out of corn. So, yes, that was how entertaining my week has been. Goodwill, you were on the last time you mentioned this programme. Isn't it <laughs> hilarious how much his face lights up when he talks about it? I can genuinely see in about 10 <laughs> years' time when Paul just has it off and goes, fuck it, just retiring to some backwater in the middle of Buckfoot Nowhere in America. with Or oh, oh, in, oh, in Middlesbrough, like, shall we say. Okay. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's, that's inbreeding. I'm on about moonshine. In your dungarees. In, in your dungarees with your coonskin cap, right? Just sat in the middle of it and just, just occasionally just going, propane and just like continuing to make whiskey. I need that for you, Paul. I need that. And that's why we need this podcast to grow so I can yes. have, that, have that reality. So, this yes. is the aim. Oh, wait, guys. Let him live the dream. <laughs> Tried um, Billy Bootleggers in Newcastle then because that's what they do. They do moonshine. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. 
go at some point because it's incredible but yeah i think you'd be in your element straight away i'll be i'll be disappointed if they're not wearing dungarees and trying to blow each other up with these massive like steels that they keep putting putting together and putting starch around them to keep thinking the massive amounts of pressure that they do like someone the wonderful has been idiots decided to make a wooden steel the amount of pressure and like think that that these things go in and he didn't expect it to explode fuck off it's it's um lovely <laughs> isn't it <laughs> yeah. um right my week so i've been very poorly so all I've done is just watch it on the telly. And I finally watched The Shape of Water. I have now seen it. And it was fantastic. I also watched Being the Ricardos with um, Javier Bardem and what's he, what's her name? Nicole Kidman doing Lucille Ball and Desi. All right. Um, yeah. And it was, it was so good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but what I've mainly been watching... Is the Saw franchise. Because when I get sick, apparently, I just want to watch a load of gore. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it leads nicely into this week's episode. So I'm oh. going to do the disclaimer, and then we're just going to get into franchises. So, And, and for Sammy, this is the disclaimer that she's done on the BBC, remember, guys? Oh, she was right. on the BBC. Jessica, Jessica, if, you, if you didn't know, Jessica, this, this was heard on the BBC. <laughs> so, you know privileged um so everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone if you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode please come and join us in the facebook group where we can have an open discussion uh what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong we can all agree to disagree in fandom so let's keep it fun keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism yes well done and thank you <clears throat> so yes um the main topic of sit is franchise, favourite franchise. So my question to start with as well, because like I said, I tried having a conversation with this about my dad today and I wanted to bang my head against the wall. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. Because um, he was telling us <laughs> everything I was talking about was not a franchise. I was like, well, what what would you define as a, as a movie franchise or not even a movie franchise, like a franchise thing? Because he started shouting out saying that McDonald's was the biggest franchise. I was like, possibly, but I'm not saying it's my favourite. Um. So yes. So okay. what would you like say? What would you like classify as like say a a, a franchise? I keep wanting to say movie, but like moving away from the movie aspect, but like say the franchise aspect. So media goodwill. I'll start with you. Media franchise. Yes. Yeah. I know you with the your media experience. Goodwill. You'll be fine with that one. Oh God. <laughs> um. <clears throat> What would I consider a franchise, or what is my fran- what is my favorite franchise? No, what would you what consider? Would you consider? Would you consider a, we'll go up to the favorites in a little bit. Oh, what would I consider a franchise? I don't, it's, it's hard to really pin down, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. if you look at well, let's take Star Wars for an example. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, I would say that and James Bond were the first franchises yeah. because. If you look at Star Wars, it was three movies, three and done. That was it. But for mm-hmm. 20 years, that was a franchise because it's it created a cult following. It had loads and loads of toys. It became embedded into the uh, uh, into the psyche of a generation and then mm-hmm. another generation and then another generation. A franchise, I think, is, is something that just has such a profound effect um that that lasts 
So, like I said, um, to a lesser extent, James Bond, because obviously that shit started in the 60s and that's still going on. Star Wars, um, Mm. Indiana Jones, to a lesser extent as well. These are these is what I classify as as media franchises. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about you, Jess? Um, I think yeah, defining franchise. It's when something get like garnered Star Wars, especially when you start mm-hmm. seeing it being referenced in everything else. Like Family mm-hmm. Guy did a whole series of the first few movies. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start getting it to that. And it is becomes literally pop culture. You don't even need yeah. to have watched the original. You will already mm-hmm. know what it is. Uh, as soon as yeah. you mentioned, like, oh, I know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's when you hit franchise level. Or if you get multiple um, spin-offs from a call mm-hmm. starting point. Yeah. And then almost like a world building starts to happen. Uh, again, this is happening with Star Wars now. But we've got stuff like Mandalorian and mm-hmm. Book of Bob Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yes, it, it, it's like a, a grown like entity type thing. Um, what about you, Sammy? Um, I agree with what everyone's saying, but it's um, the brands essentially. Mm. It's so, branding. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, but I, I disagree with. I'm going to be controversial here and disagree with Goodwill for once. Oh my god! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Disagreeing with me. I think franchises have been around a lot longer than people kind of expect. Because, like, say, when they started making movies, all they did was wanting to create the franchise. If you look at, like, Laurel and Hardy, the Marx Brothers, um, like, say, all them type of things and anything that that came with it, like anything with Bing Crosby, it wasn't really... The name on the film wasn't important. It was the name of the actor. So you got actors that were the franchise players, and that's where the, the studios used to, like, kind of bid and pay for the actors to be in their movies solely. So mm-hmm. I think that, that's always been the case because I, I think with franchises as well, it's always been about making more money and where the money's got, like how to grow and get bigger. Um, and even like going back to like universal horror movies and stuff like that, yeah. all have come under the same type of bracket. So it's always been around, I think, it's been a phrase that's probably been coined more recently or over the, when I say recently, probably in the last 30, 40 years than it was back in the day. All that was back in the day was like ways of making money. But that's, again, I think now with the word franchise, it's become a little bit of a dirty word, if that makes sense. Because that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants a franchise. They don't want to make these independent one-off movies or like take risks. Everyone wants to show a thing. And, Mm. Like say a franchise doesn't again doesn't have to be a movie. It could be like a computer game. It could be like a book uh, or like say because as you said, James Bond when it comes to movies, it got bigger. But James Bond started like say the novels and grew from there as well. So it's always interesting because I, I, I like asking that question because when everyone you mentioned the franchise, they always go to like movies and think of the big ones like Star Wars, uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you? Did you get a tickle in your cough, in your throat there? Film about walk and get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with um, the Universal thing because uh, there was a huge thing when obviously Boris Karloff like sort of first appeared. Um, mm-hmm. The studios were getting so much money as long as they could say he would be the main feature. Yeah, uh, yeah. post Frankenstein, mm-hmm. um, and some of the ones that got funded, yeah, they would 
the writer yeah. would go in and be like, before they even handed a script across it, be like, but I have this person. It's like, yeah, all mm. the money in the world. Yeah. Take it. Bella, and Bella hated that because he never had that stature. <laughs> you know, have you seen the sweet thing about what uh, Boris Karloff had actually done at one point? Mm. Um, so when, obviously, the decline of Bella Gorsi happened, mm-hmm. I think it is the third Frankenstein film. Um, Bella Gorsi appears in that. As, yes. I'm pretty sure it's evil. Yes, he is. Um, and he basically made them pay him the same rates that um, Boris Karloff was getting. Because he was like, this guy's a legend. Without him, I wouldn't be stood here doing what I'm doing. Pay him his respects. Um, He's he such a sweetheart. Yeah, also campaign for the Screen Actors Guild as well, that all actors should get paid fair wages for what they're doing. Um, he's a really interesting person. Um, it's a great documentary on Prime to watch of him. Um, sorry, we need, yeah, we call. need no, no, we need to talk. <laughs> we have we have an episode coming up soon, so we need to talk. <laughs> but you are right, Paul. When it comes to franchise, it what it's not people were franchises. Marilyn was, Elvis was, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Taylor to a certain degree. They were all part of a franchise because they were all contract players, and mm-hmm. a contract player is essentially a franchise. A franchise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, and I. I, I as we said earlier as well, I don't know why I can't keep, can't speak that moment tonight. It's it's, it's one of them days, I think. Yeah, you've, had a, you've had a long week. <laughs> um, with a lot of, like, say, the actors as well, it, it's amazing that they were billed as, like, when you watch the movie screens now, their names come up before the actual movie title and stuff like that. It, it's crazy. that like, Not many movie stars these days would be able to pull that off. I, mm. I can probably... Like you probably count on one hand, like names of big actors that would come before that you would say, "Oh, I would see that actor before even finding out about what the movie's about." I think Tom yeah. Hanks probably plays that part. Uh, oh, to a de- absolutely. Um, and Leonardo DiCaprio to, to a degree type thing, just because you know it's going to be interesting, depending on what mm-hmm. type of role he's going to get. Um, but it's. I always get a little bit sad when it, when I think about franchises as well, because as you, as we always know, I am the biggest eighties nerd born, and I, I do think during the eighties there were more risks taken. There was more like one off films where they weren't expecting a franchise; they were just looking to make a movie. Unless yeah. like you can turn it around and say, not the movie was the franchise, but the director. Like say, because everyone thinks not of the movies, but a John Hughes movie. So you can say, oh name it so many different films in that era like John Hughes would have done it or Steven yeah. Spielberg would Spielberg. have been involved yeah Spielberg so, for sure so the, in them aspects I think like, I'm probably my judgment's a little bit clouded like say with nostalgia when it comes to the 80s but I do think <laughs> there was more there was more risks taken back then there was more like say like films like License to Drive they weren't expecting to do a sequel to that um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off even though there's been hinted about so many years but you can't really oh, follow please. that Please and don't. Again, and again, I, I'll talk about it now. I'll get it out of the way. The Goonies, for example, like say it's a one and done movie. You don't need to do any more. Um, if you do, it's it's not going to work. It's not going to have the same magic. But there's ways and means of doing it. I know there's talk of now of how they're mm-hmm. going to do a TV show, apparently. But again, like I say, I'm not going to slate it and stuff like that. But then they flip the mold and you get Back to the Future, which is, shouldn't which shouldn't work as a sequel, but as a as a trilogy is probably the one of the best trilogies that was ever made, and again to me it's still I would class as one of the biggest franchises out there because the merchandise mm-hmm. and everything that still go about still still goes crazy. Um, 
so coming back to like the franchise topic though, I'm quite interested to know what is what you would you would class as your favourite franchise. So I'll go to you first for that, Sammy. Oh me. Well, <laughs> it's gonna be an obvious one. Will always be Ghostbusters. If we're doing it, if it's media franchise, it will always be Ghostbusters. And it initially didn't mm-hmm. start that way. Mm-hmm. It only had a it, then two movies. Do you class two movies as like a franchise well, had, base? Yeah, because it's had a cartoon, it's had books, but it's had games. It's, so it's everything that comes with it. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking mm-hmm. back then would I would I have said it was a franchise? But now, given the media that comes with it, you've got new movie. Last year, year before, um, year before, it was last year, yeah, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one. We're in twenty twenty three. Still, still last year. And then you've got the new <laughs> one coming at the end of the year, and you've had the mm. third instalment, which I'll still will not argue over. I have no problem with it. So yeah, Ghostbusters to to round that off, Ghostbusters. <laughs> So Ghostbusters, is, uh, is, is, it, is that just for the nostalgia feel or is it just because of the quality? Both. Mm-hmm. Good. Both. I still think Ghostbusters to this day holds up. Yeah. I still think it's a hilarious film. Um, mm-hmm. and I, But yeah, it's probably a lot of... Uh, if you're balancing the scales, <laughs> probably more nostalgia than... <laughs> so I've got to admit that like, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of the second one than I am the first one the mm-hmm. originals me too and i'm gonna do this like this will happen a lot i'm really sorry for this like random trivia about movies you just have to crack away <laughs> so the um character of uh Vigo in mm-hmm. the painting mm-hmm. um there is a fantastic article how they they put so much money and work into him where the actor was actually stood in the painting and if they mm-hmm. shot it from the front mm-hmm. it looked to if they just moved to the side, he would protrude out. Mm-hmm. And they cut it all from the film and they yeah. decided <laughs> just to CGI and instead when he like, pushes oh. forwards. Um, and it's absolutely so much more terrifying that whole if you just turn over so slightly, he is there in the room. Um, yeah. But it's the a fantastic actor... villain as well because he's just mm. terrifying. The actor <laughs> didn't, um, he didn't appreciate a lot during that film. He had, um, very much his Darth Vader moment where he went to the screen and realised that's not his voice. Yeah. And they didn't tell him. <laughs> and the same thing happened with Darth Vader as well. Um, but, appara- so, but apparently though, yeah, apparently rumours is that Vigo is going to be playing a part in the new Ghostbusters movie as well. See, I it love would make sense. The return of um, Zool. And because hmm. it's fantastic in the first one, this is why the second one is more my favorite because you actually see the villain. Um, mm-hmm. In the original, she's probably in it for about thirty seconds before yeah. changing the stair puffed. Yeah. Um, so it's great seeing her in full. A little mm-hmm. bit good on cosplay because they made her costume way more complicated now. Yes, they did. <laughs> she, and to me, and to me, she didn't feel as tall as what I remember her being mm-hmm. in the or them being sorry in the original. I didn't. I don't know, it, it felt too short for me. That's just my personal aesthetic on it. Um, but I love the fact that on the newest one, there's still, it was, it made sense because Shandor and the mm. religion and everything all kind of fit into place. So I hope if they are going to use Vigo, they're going to try and do it in the same, and it's not going to be a forced thing. Like this kind of no. made sense. Like Ego would go there because 
of what was, you know, the mm-hmm. this temple that was there to this religion that he had been following from the 80s. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it did that all made sense. So I'm really I'm, I've got high hopes. I'm not going to, let's be honest, I'm not going to fucking hate it. If I can't hate the third one with the yeah. females in there, I, I'm not going to hate this one either. No, that's cool. What about you, Goodwill? Are we are we getting the, the pointy ears out now? You all tracking? know, you all know <laughs> what my answer is. Um, you know it's Star Trek. Yes. You know, come on, it's me. <laughs> um, I will not do that. It it it's <laughs> <sighs> Come on, Goodwill man, what is it? <laughs> I've already told you it's Star Trek. Oh Star Trek, yes. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, just getting excited by yeah, the you know. of coming on Goodwill, but yeah. Oh, it's just <laughs> the subtlety of it. <laughs> to the reference of Paul coming on me. Oh my. Um it yeah, I mean that that is my favorite franchise, hands down. Um going back to what you said though, you know, when we were defining franchises, I do think the eighties was the turning point and the evolution of franchises. Mm-hmm. Um Star Trek, obviously we had a TV series, we had an animated series, and then we had nothing until seventy nine. Um mm-hmm. after the effects of Star Wars. After studios were scrambling to like be the next franchise, mm-hmm. um, and you always get that 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 franchise rivalry where it's like, oh, you are the Star Wars, the Star Trek. I'm both. Get over it. Yeah, you, you can enjoy two two or more things, guys. Come on. Um, yes, and they are basically the same thing, but just done in different ways. Done in different ways. One's a ways and one's just exploring. But without none, both wouldn't exist without the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is well documented. You know, there wouldn't be Star Wars without Star Trek. There wouldn't be Star Trek without Star Wars. Um, And much like Star Wars, the 80s was where Star Trek truly became uh, a a franchise, if you will, uh, Mm -hmm. with the movies. Um, and and still exists to this day, nearly you know sixty years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have other franchises that we'll probably talk about later that you know I absolutely adore, but that is my standard uh, go to. But yeah. when it comes to the the rivalry, I don't see that rivalry. I've never have no. because you you can like both, and mm-hmm. you have to be grateful because franchises will save other franchises or help others grow. Because right. people can be inspired by it. They can be, you know, they can learn from other things. So, yeah. The DC franchise couldn't, but... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got a bitchiness out. That's it. I'll, I'll not be bitching. I was going to say, how's Marvel these funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better but position yeah. than DC, but okay. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um... What about you, Jessica? What would you say was your favourite one? Oh, so I'm torn between two. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be greedy, I'll let you have two, don't worry. <laughs> it's worth between, uh, I am a die-hard Doctor Who fan. Um, did not see that coming. <laughs> the rants I will go on about time and space. And <laughs> <laughs> Onto the, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, between that and Game of Thrones. Um, oh, all right. Well. 
huge Game of Thrones fan and so happy now with uh, House mm-hmm. of the Dragon. Because mm-hmm. um, I know there's all the controversy over the end of Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, and I won't try and question it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but coming into House of the Dragon, I've never actually watched anything as good as that before. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was mind-blowing. And it's so exciting knowing that they are looking to progress through more stories um, yeah. and sort of spin off into different areas of Westeros that we've not seen yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like that's one of my top ones. Yeah, I am a huge Game of Thrones fan. And actually, my new Patreon series starts very soon. Uh, Jamie Lannister. (laughs) Oh, you're Jamie. Yes. Yes. Um, That is going to be one of my arguing points of my new Patreon series that's coming very soon to Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you want to to hear a Game of Thrones rant, go back to episode... Which one was the telly? I'm not going to tell you the number. <laughs> it was a Game of Thrones. It was a top <laughs> top five T- TV shows. TV shows. I can't remember which one it was now. It was one like of the five, earliest ones. Five or I six. Went, <laughs> I put it as one of my like top favorite shows, but had a huge, massive rant about it and got incredibly angry over it because um, they essentially ruined the ruined a franchise. They then D and D will be forever known as destroying a franchise. However, the new showrunner who has actually just left of House of the Dragon, um, has given me hope. Because mm-hmm. House of the Dragon was fantastic television. I'm, I just don't know where it's, I, I don't know where it's going to go. And also, kind of got ruined in Game of Thrones, because if you listen carefully, I'll tell you the whole story of Dance of the Dragons. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Bit, um, I know the Dance of the Dragons story, so going forwards um it is going to get really good like we've only seen like the very first like steps into yeah. how intense this gets um there oh. are certain scenes that i'm just craving to see on screen um, who is your favorite character not in house of the just game of thrones in general Dora mormon i get um, that hot piece such of man for him is just my oh I love Jorah so much. Um, I did cry when he died. Um, I even got a text um, from my friend on the morning, um, double check and I'd seen it and then sent me a condolences because he'd gone. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, <laughs> and are you team green or black? Because this, desi- this will define our friendship. Oh, <laughs> right. So definitely with the blacks, even though in Dance okay. Dragons you shouldn't be with the blacks, but the way they're portraying them in the TV show, yes, you can definitely get they're going for a different perspective on this. Yeah. But I'm sort of on the thing of it's not really mm-hmm. well green I'm versus fire. I'm reading fire and blood at, I'm reading fire and blood at the moment. Mm-hmm. Team black. Always team black. <laughs> it, it's Damon every time he just pulls you in. Okay, um, beautiful, that's why. <laughs> well, Sorry, our Game of Thrones at the I think I apologize. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's the only time I get to talk when people mention like the like, and I'm like, oh, someone else. I can actually talk about it. No, it's fine. I, like, I, 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 I didn't. I liked Game of Thrones. So I just didn't like like the end and all. I, I, I couldn't get into House of the Dragon. It wasn't for me. But again, that that just down to personal choice or personal thing. I, I say when it comes to fantasy, I, I'm I like the little sweet. Willow type thing rather than, <laughs> <laughs> rather than like say, but um, like say, Lord of the Rings, uh, as we've always found out, I'm not the biggest fan of type thing, but 
Um, I'm going to go probably a little bit left field and probably something a bit controversial here. So my favourite franchise is Disney. Oh, look at him. Look at him. He has to to, outdo everyone, doesn't he? Because, like I say, that's what I grew up on when I was a kid, watching all the Disney movies. And you can't get a bigger franchise because it doesn't matter what the title of the film is, what the film is about, you saw that logo come up and you knew it was going to be quality and you got better when we got Pixar involved as well. Mm-hmm. So all the different aspects and things grown from there. And I still get excited when we get a new Disney film or get a new Disney Pixar movie. And um, like I say, going to like say, uh, Florida and going to Disney World as well. What more of a f- franchise player can you be there? Going to that, like that is... they've got a parks dedicated to their movies. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of parks. Um, yes. <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't surprise us given your given our last top five with the villains that you would go down the Disney route. To be <laughs> fair though, you were picking some weird freaky fuckers and I was picking lots of the bear. That was the best that we were all like proper manic with our choices and he comes out with a fucking bear. Look at him. How scary is the bear? He's there. He's still here. He's still watching over his. It was like the his. most his corner was the most sweetest in life, and we had like the worst and the worst of the worst of people. And Paul was just a shining beacon of light. <laughs> was it like uh, I'll pick the shirt of Nottingham from Robert Hood, Prince of Thieves, like Alan Rickman, and he was picking like some like I think someone that were irreversible or like made a separate, uh, yeah. like, like, it was just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, mine was like Buffalo Bill from Green Mile and. Um, right. What's his face from Schindler's List? And you've then got the bear. Yeah. <laughs> the bear. Uh, the, bear like, he's got his, the bear's got his own spot now. He's been on this podcast quite a few times. It's terrifying. He's like, see, he'll still fuck you up, and he'll never, he'll never find a teddy bear that'll smell us like. Uh, was it strawberries? Strawberries. Still, strawberries, <laughs> and he'll still kick the shit out of you. So yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like, say, if you're going to go for franchises, like, like. Again, to try and not be as like so, like if I'm talking about franchise movies, of course it's going to be Back to the Future. There's there's no other franchise that that stood the step time or anything like that. But when it comes to, I would say bigger picture, like what what it's given us in like like personally and like to myself, like with mm-hmm. um, Disney for that, just because I've got live action movies as well. They've got all the different aspects, and I know they've got other companies that are, I think they own Miramax for a certain while because people were kicking off when Pulp Fiction got released. There was a Disney movie behind the scenes that 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 was released. All right, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was lots of controversy when it came to like Miramax and being a Disney-owned uh, company. I can't think of which one Miramax is. It's not. It has no. It's not. I was thinking, is that the, the no, it's what do you call one. it? It's not that one. No. <laughs> no. You know where I, I was going. I know which one you mean. Yeah. No, it isn't. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. I just thought, yeah. anytime I think of Miramax, I think of Scream. Another mm. franchise. Yep. Um, but, um, but like as I said, um, I think with Disney as well, like you, you get the good and they get the bad. Um, but money-wise and what they've brought out as well, like I, I, I would say, like, hand on my heart, now that now it, Disney technically, well, does own Marvel and does own Star Wars, Indiana Jones, they are basically the biggest players out there mm-hmm. when it comes to franchises as well. Um, yeah. And it's scary to think what 
they can put out what they can't put out and what they can stop us watching and what they can give us. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid as well, because Disney were one of the clever uh, ones where after they brought the movie out, they didn't bring the video cassette straight away. You had to wait like a year and a half for the video release. Fucking rights, did you? And they only let it release it for six months and then they used Mm -hmm. to pull it. So you used to only have a short window to get these Disney movies. So they made them more desirable. And it was such a clever idea and way to do it. And of course, with us being kids and wanting these movies, um, it, it, like I say, they used to catch her out so many times with how they used to do it. Especially, I think the biggest ones was when like Little Mermaid and The Beauty and the Beast got released. Yeah. Like, um, I remember the clamor and like I say, I wanted to buy Gremlins, but my mum bought us uh, Little Mermaid just for her. But Aww. well, say that. But talking about Disney as well, because I know I going back to villains. So, what is your favorite Disney villain? Would you say? Oh, oh! Eh. <laughs> What's her name from um, Emperor's New Groove? What's that? Oh, Yzma! Yzma! Come on, oh, the leather crunk! It's another <laughs> kid, and she has some of the most quotable lines going. Like me and my sister quote her constantly. I fucking love her. The uh, the look of her is haunting, mm-hmm. <laughs> like absolutely haunting. Like them cheekbones, they look. They look like they're going to cut somebody. Um, yeah, it has to be her. She's fucking fantastic. What about you, Goodwill? Mr. Burns. <laughs> Get it? Because they own The <laughs> Simpsons. I'll, I'll, um, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, really? Oh, Scar from The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Oh. Long live the king. We'll not get you to Love sing it. this week. Don't worry. Thank God. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. What, what about you, Jessica? <laughs> um... Clayton from Tarzan. Ah, um, right. Very underrated has one. one of the most graphic and like harrowing deaths as well. Like you mm-hmm. actually see what happens to him. He does it in a shadow, but when it the lightning clicks, you can see that he's accidentally hung mm-hmm. himself in the lines. Yes. He's brutal. Cannot <laughs> watch that film. Is that's the one with Phil Collins constantly singing every fifteen <laughs> seconds, isn't it? I, soundtrack ever. Oh, I know. Oh, it was good. <laughs> Yeah. It really don't, bothered us. Don't be dissing Phil. There's no wrong no, with Phil. No, I love that. I was a huge Genesis fan as a kid, but it's just every 15 seconds you can just hear him come on. And I'm like, mm-hmm, another like, song. I think mine, uh, I'm trying not to get the name wrong, but I think it was, um, I loved the film, but I'm sure it was Rattigan from uh, Basil the Great Mouse Detective, just because I was there's been a big, huge Sherlock Holmes fan as well. So oh, yeah. um, I love that aspect and how menacing and, and actually angry and scary and that fight scene was it on the big ben's clock as well i think i'm talking about the right film here uh <laughs> yeah you are you are yeah. i remember yeah. basil the great mouth detective well yeah i absolutely adored that one but yeah so that was mine um talking about other like franchises because i know there's probably one let's say genre that do overplay the, the franchise <laughs> uh, i would say nicely <laughs> Um, let's be nice we love nice. this genre <laughs> you do but I think um, like I said with, I think it's probably down to budgets and how cheap it is to make horror movies or yes. was because um, they used to like always like pump out the, the sequels compared and like it was always about the next franchise and how to get the next ones out so the quality kind of dipped at times as well but mm-hmm. I, I love some of the, the horror aspects in the franchise game um, yeah. and 
I think, again, with us loving horror movies and loving the idea of horror movies as much, when we've tried doing franchise movies from that uh, genre and tried to re-watch them, it's it's been a it's it's been difficult, shall we say? It's been hard work. The last one we did, um, Freddy, that hmm. I couldn't know. It was Friday the Thirteenth. I was determined to get through, but I couldn't find all the links for it. It was taking time, and I was I was getting very frustrated. So I watched what I could. Freddy, I just give up. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going in with what I've watched because I cannot put myself through that. <laughs> they do like to just the the horror loves to jump on a bandwagon and just ride that fucking pony until it can't physically go anymore. So, and horror franchises are very much like that. <laughs> well, talking about, like, say, favourites as well. So in the genre with horror franchises, what would you say would be your favourite horror franchise? Oh, <laughs> that's so fucking hard. So, oh, that's so, hard. So Jessica's eyes lit up there, so I'll, I'll go to Jessica with that one. <laughs> it's, it's really difficult. Um, I suppose, like, on... Oh, yeah, on effect and setting the narrative universal mm-hmm. um if we're going for 80s sort of slot like proper mm-hmm. uh, it's a huge hellraiser fan i have to stop at the end of the second one i can sort <laughs> of enjoy the third one because it was a childhood movie it's one of the mm-hmm. first horrors that i watched where i've had months of just been traumatized by it <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I do like. I do still enjoy the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets. Mm. Jason's a bit of fun, you know. Yes. As they progressed, it wasn't about the story. It was like how interested can we make these kills? We've got yeah. to up the body rate and mm-hmm. how ridiculous some of them are. Yeah. Um, Especially in the remake one. It's in the remake one with um, what's it called? Uh, Moose out of Supernatural. Um, oh, Gary Paldetti. Yeah. Gary version. When it just basically was um, how many different version ways you can get people to show the lasses tits while they're killing them. Like when when she's under the water and he dips it, his machete in his head and pulls her out just so that her boobs pop out. I was like, this is just hilarious. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll actually we did do a Friday the Thirteenth episode where we went back and watched all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. And as a franchise, <clears throat> it's one of the ones that gets progressively better. Because when you watch the first one and the second one, the, uh, let's be honest, the, it's awful. Like uh, the acting yeah. and stuff is so hammy. But because mm. they get ridiculous, it actually gets more entertaining. Like Jason Takes Manhattan is one of my favorites. It's just mm. absolutely brilliant, like how it's done and how stupid it, it gets as well. And then you get Jason X when Jason's in space. Just, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's just one of vaccine for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slamming her across the tree. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd love to have been in the writing room for that. Right. Good, Jason's good going work. to space. <laughs> <laughs> it's good we'll show enough his horror chops now. I don't know. I don't have any horror chops. Oh, all right. Uh, not really a, a fan of horror, to be honest with you. Um, what about horror games? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first Resident Evil. Mm. Uh, on the PS1. Um, <clears throat> one that uh, Graham mentioned a few podcasts ago, Nightmare Creatures mm. uh, on the PlayStation 1. That was the first game where it scared the living daylight out of me and I just went, nope, turned off the PlayStation 1 and just didn't play it for a couple of days because I was just like, nope, 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 nope. 
I'm an absolute wuss when it comes to horror. I hate jump scares. Um, I can appreciate it as a genre, just it's not for me. You could have picked Gremlins. You could have. <laughs> yes, but then the chat would explode with, what would you do if you urinate on one? And... Still make, still make <laughs> I mean, it is... It's a long-standing question. Yeah, it's a long-standing question. We need to know what happens no. to these little things if you piss <laughs> on them. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really struggling to pick mm-hmm. because there's so many. Right. I love Friday the 13th. I love Halloween, Scream. But I'm going to go with the one that always keeps us, like now, as in nowadays, keeps us quite excited and I'm willing to give them a chance every time. Is the Conjuring? Oh right. my God, yes! And I'm oh, I'm willing. I, I get, I get like the Nun Two's coming out this year. I wasn't a big fan of the Nun, basically because I couldn't see it. Um, <laughs> the cinema I went to could not make out anything. And Carolyn's trying to tell us it's my eyes, and I'm like, no, like I cannot physically make out the picture. It's that dark. However, I'm still excited for it. I'm still, I get myself kind of hyped up for when they've got new films coming out. So I'm going to say The Conjuring. Cool. Very. It's one of them ones where it started so strong. Like I said, it, and it has progressed. And you've got like, was it The Curse of Lalaru, whatever it's called? Lalaru. That again had a good premise, but kind of didn't live up to like things. I don't know, with the Annabelle as well, again. Like it's all stemmed from, like, say the the James, uh, is it James Wu? James Wan. James Wan. Yep, sorry. Um, I've made good with names. I've always like, had a problem, but uh, his ideas always start from like the same place because didn't he did the insidious ones as well? And they were like, again, and so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he's very good at starting franchises. <laughs> yeah, um, like say horror wise, because like, I've got so many horror favorites, but. Well, franchise-wise, it always kind of lets you down. Like, say, Joe's great starting point, but then you get to Joe's revenge, and it's you're getting attacked by a, like a, 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 a cousin of a shark that remembers that you killed it as revenge. It's, it gets a bit beyond belief. And Michael Kinn just gone, no, no, blow the bloody doors off. Oh, sorry, wrong film. Um, <laughs> Halloween against strong starting point. But then it goes all over the place. Um, I would have preferred if they kept on doing the, the idea with Halloween three with the different um, stories yeah. each Halloween. That would have been, like, say, interesting franchise. But I hate to be predictable because the chats already mentioned they've been going up, but the Final Destination ones never let you down. Best. They're always great uh, <laughs> jump scares, and every single one of them are entertaining. There's not really a weak movie, um, even though they're. The premise gets bad, and I love how they tied it up at the end as well, like how it went full circle back into mm-hmm. uh, the original. Um, and again, I love how they try and make the deaths as ridiculous. And I, like, I'm like the palest person in the world. I'm never going to go into a tannin bed. I start with but watching the final lesson movie. It was like, that's definitely not going to make me go in it, in it again. And I bet you, <laughs> every single one of us, if you're in a car, and you're behind a truck full of fucking anything big, you get the flashback and you think, I'm moving out to that lane. Or <laughs> that 100%. Back away. Back straight away. If I see anything that's got... It's when... It's not so much... It's the cars. When mm-hmm. they have the cars on top of the back of the lorry, I will get away from that as quickly as I physically can. <laughs> that is terrifying. 
And I remember going to like being in Florida, going to Bush Gardens, and they had a roller coaster <laughs> that, that was made out of wood. Like and it's it, awful. And, it's and, awful. And it's more like it's a weirdest experience because it, it's like it's a roller coaster, so it's not meant to be comfortable, but you feel every bump and every rigid that's in because it's all like proper old school roller coaster. But after sitting on it, all I could think of was the final destination because you're hearing the bumps and you you're hearing the rattles and you see things yeah. moving. And you think this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally. I'm not the biggest fan of the the final destinations, and it's basically just I haven't given them a chance. I watched mm. the first one, and that's as far as I got. I didn't. My 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 horror was the slasher genre, even though it kind of is like as in kill wise. But I was I was in the uh, more into like Freddy and not Freddy didn't like him and Jason and Michael and such like that but I have really like this last week I've been watching the Saw franchise Mm -hmm. um and I have just found such an appreciation for them films that I never had before I think what because Saw gets a lot of shit for being like a gore hound or like torture porn but Mm -hmm. the first Saw movie is one of the cleverest horror movies that you'll ever watch like say it changed the rules and and changed uh, how things kind of work type thing, mm-hmm. and I have to give Saw its credit because even though it was beating a dead horse, it yeah. kept the continuity throughout. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not many horror movies or even movies in general can keep like say the continuity going through every mm-hmm. single one, and even I think the most recent one was Spiral with Chris Rock, and I thought I would absolutely despise it because Chris Rock is the most irritating man. In Hollywood, um, but he was entertaining, and he wasn't mm-hmm. Chris Rock in this movie, and that's probably the best thing I, I can do because the only thing other than Spiral I enjoyed him in was in Dogma, um, yeah. and but he was just Chris Rock, but he was in a Kevin Smith movie, so he fit. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I say, the the Soul franchises I think gets a lot more shit than it deserves, but I think it it started the trend as well because like I say, you got the Hostel movies that came out quite after, quite mm-hmm. soon after. So it kind of gets jumbled in with all that kind of shit. It's if if you're not just looking at the the gore aspect of it, the story I find was quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. the first one is genius. Like the mm-hmm. the writing in that is just pure perfection. Um, Kari, what's his face is quite is almost unrecognizable mm-hmm. as an actor. You can't it took me re- years mm-hmm. to realize that was him. Uh-huh. Harry, um, I can't think of his name. Like, this is the same Harry guy. Oh my yes. god, it is! Like, he's mm-hmm. completely unrecognizable, and um, mm-hmm. just because of how brilliant he's been written as a character, and um, the guy who's with him is the writer and creator of the Saw franchise. Didn't know that until the other day. Um, I love Torben Bell. Does not he is such the perfect horror icon yeah. as John Kramer. He is such a an essence, just like a presence. I watched um, Jigsaw last night and I, I honestly didn't have any expectations, but I love the direction that they've gone in. And I hope if we are getting, and I think we are getting more, um, mm-hmm. the go with this detective side of things and the yeah. true crime element of it and the the mystery of it, because Jigsaw was, when the ending of it was fucking fantastic. I sat there and was like, what the fuck? What is going on? And, and I've got Anne sitting next to us. He's got his headphones in. I'm like, I need someone to talk about this right now. <laughs> um, I think because what, what they did differently as well. Yeah. What they did oh, no, differently. Sorry. 
Go on, one of yours. Go on, Jessica, let you go. This one in particular is my favourite for how the story panned out. Um, mm. And I can't remember because I've got the collection. I can't remember if it's four or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's where there's a group of them. And mm. every sort of trial they're going through, they're being so selfish about how they're going to do it. And it takes to the very end of the film for them to click. The aim of it was was to work together and all mm-hmm. of them would have walked out perfectly fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Few minor injuries, but you would have gotten out. And it's That's... a great little twist at the end where it's like just purely their selfishness killed them all. They were all this... given more more than an opportunity to just walk out totally in, fine. In Jigsaw, one of the best lines in there, and it was so minute, she said he says, It's a game, and she went, Yeah, and games can be won. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it. And it was so it's just just a throwaway line, but I absolutely love that because that is the whole premise of Saw is that you can walk away from this with your life. Yes. You're going to learn a lesson or two, but you could walk away from it. And I just, I don't know, I've just found this whole new appreciation for this this movie franchise. Like I've gone on an absolute storm but, at the minute. Yeah, because Saw's a weird one as well because it's not the usual where you cheer for the victim. You want them to be successful. Because mm-hmm. the people that's been chosen have been chosen for a reason. It's not yes. because they're good people. They've done something wrong. I know um, we're not vigilanteism and, and so off. It, it, it is, is bad and, and, and so on. But it, it's hard to root for these people. So you, you, you have to make basically morality decisions, whether mm-hmm. what they've done in the past life or like previously is worse than what, um, like I say, this, the jigsaw is doing to them now mm. is the does it even out and it's it's like i say a difficult one. I, 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 it wasn't as much with the uh this uh the, the spiral one because mm-hmm. like i said there was elements to it but generally the people in spiral weren't bad people or made really bad that many bad decisions so that's why it kind of took the left turn it was it was um like I say a more of a re- revenge one but the other ones it's kind of like these people have made these mistakes in their life. But they can learn from the mistakes or learn the lesson. But it, it, it's so, yeah, it, it's kind of spin on the head. You don't know who to kind of like root for yeah. in these movies. As an audience member, it is an absolute mindfuck of mm-hmm. where your heart is meant to go when you are watching this. The most street with Jigsaw, Tobin Bell is in it quite a bit. And to see the human side of John was absolutely incredible to see and understanding his decision making was Mm -hmm. because you to you he's just a puppet he's just a voice talking through a puppet in the majority Mm -hmm. of them but to see he's actually he's actually laying out everything for you and i just yeah i was in awe of it and i generally didn't think i was going to get much out this film i really didn't know that one i'm i'm going to watch spiral again because i watched that without Mm -hmm. seeing jigsaw and i want to just see how they play off each other because I'm hoping that's the theme of where this franchise is going. Because if mm. it is, I'm well on board for it. So just to go back to something what Goodwill said earlier, because I know bless him, like say, we're just talking all about horror films. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, give him a little sorry, bit of a, Goodwill. Give, give him a little bit of a respite because I know, as you said, your favorite franchise is is Trek, and that we've had a lot of Trek, like say, over the last few years. What would you say was the strongest, like? time in the franchise's history for you when it comes to Trek? 
mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Was um, that the movies or was, Next Generation? It was the it was it was the series and the movies. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the the movies paved the way for the series, obviously, and then the mid nineties was sort of the first re- renaissance of Ooh. of that franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, um, ninety you know ninety five ninety six where you've literally got three television series, movies, everything like that, video games, books, toys. Mm-hmm. It was like this was the franchise at critical mass um and people yeah the, the, they call it the the golden age uh when it comes to uh star trek like star wars is currently going or or has had its golden age well no it's going through its golden age um mm-hmm. when you look at the uh success that the tv shows have been having since the movies have have completed um so for me, I have very fond memories of that time. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, it was the 90s. And it was like, oh, you're a geek. Blah, blah. So, but it was very much a, an insular thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I only ever attended one convention in the 90s, which was yeah. in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that itself was was an, an eye-opening event mm-hmm. for, for a kid that's never been. Um, but for me, that that was like, like that peak. And I'm, I'm very grateful because I'm not one of these just about the the convention was any green women there well as I was seven I didn't really take notice (laughs) of it so um yeah but uh... (laughs) (laughs) there was he just doesn't want to see (laughs) stop corrupting me doesn't your doesn't your parents watch this (laughs) my parents were there (laughs) but it 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 was was uh... your mum the green woman you need to pipe down, you son. Tell you. Um, At least it's not my mum we're talking about. Hi, <laughs> we Mrs. Weatherall. <laughs> Hi, mum. But um, but for uh, for me, it I'm I'm very lucky to to have a franchise that's that's got its second wind of late. Mm. So we, you know, much like Star Wars, again. It's got yeah. that it's that that second renaissance. So we've got that second golden age, you know. Mm-hmm. And not many franchises, admittedly, have that sort of reemergence into popular culture. Yeah, um, I think, I think and, they described uh, Star Trek a few years ago as the franchise that cannot be killed because there has been a few moments where there's been touch and go where they thought, are they going to recover from this type of aspect? Because as you said, with, if you're going to talk about toxicity in fandoms and stuff like that, where we Ooh, try and stay away yeah. from, like the Trek ones, they are loyal, which we've always given them credit card, but they will come down hard on. I can still remember like, they nearly finished off Tom Hardy's career after the, uh, was it Nemesis? He, um, t- I mean, it's, it's really sad what happened to Tom Hardy because Tom Hardy is a hardcore Star Trek fan. Um, yeah. And when the role came up, uh, in Star Trek Nemesis, he thought he he fought tooth and nail to to mm-hmm. get there. He was passionate. He read. He reread. When, when it comes to uh, Star Trek, you don't just have one audition. You have about ten, eleven mm-hmm. auditions for a role with like with with like <laughs> one person in the room, two people, twenty people, thirty people. He got it, and this was his breakout role. It was a Hollywood movie. He was a Star Trek fan. He was like, "Yes, I'm going to be passionate." And obviously the film tanked and the Star Trek fans, the, that, that certain subset, which still sadly exists today, 
destroyed him. And it, it, you know, it he almost walked away from acting. He turned to alcohol. Mm-hmm. He turned to drugs. It was a long recovery from him for him after Nemesis to to yeah. get back into uh, acting, and that that cements the the toxicity of that fandom. I mean, franchises have them. Yeah, Star oh, Trek. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Star Trek sort of it cements the the toxicity. Well, you know, it's not all of them. It's no. not. It's not every fan. No, no. There's, it's a, there's a not, bad few apples who ruin it. For yeah, people. and it's sort of it's sad, and mm-hmm. it goes against everything Star Trek stands for. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, how can you call yourself a fan of something that is progressive, is inclusive, mm-hmm. and well, you know, and the very core is we, you know, humanity has evolved from petty. Petty squabbles, uh, racism, bigotry, and yet here you are claiming to be a fan of this, being yeah. a racist, being a bigot, being a homophobic, mm-hmm. being transphobic. Get out, get in the sea, no room for you whatsoever <laughs> in this franchise. Well, also, I'm, I'm just going to say, just to go back to Nemesis before we move further away from it, I am not, uh, um, we've, we've, we saw it on the Star Trek episode. I am not the biggest fan of Trek. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just I never got into it. My my mother is a Trekkie. I am not. But mm-hmm. Nemesis, I fucking really enjoyed that film. I went to the picture <laughs> seat and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. So when I watched an interview, that uh, interview with Tom Hardy and every, I mean, the internet knows and I've been dragged many times for it, um, that I am not Tom Hardy's biggest fan. But to hear the heartbreak of what that did to him, that he, he worked his ass off for that role. Mm. And then all of a sudden the phone stopped completely. Mm. And it, I was broken for him because for me, as not a, a Trekkie fan, I thought that was a very, I thought it was brilliant. I really it's, like it. There was <laughs> a lot of parallels. Sorry, Bob. Yeah. If you go back through the Star Trek films as well, it, it's not the worst Star Trek film. There is a lot worse no. ones than like if you go, even go back to the first star trek film star trek the motion picture is a horrendous movie it is yeah. terrible like if you watch it now like even watching it in the 80s you didn't know what the fuck was going on let's be honest <laughs> they, even even at the screening for that in 79 the at the you know at the very first screening they stood up and the the the, the actors the the people who work behind the scenes just looked at each other and just went and they thought that was it it was a one and done uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, 82, 81, 82 came around and they're like, oh, we want to do a Wrath of Khan. And everyone thought, oh, fucking hell, it's got to be. <laughs> and it wasn't. It turned out, you know, it was f- featured at Cannes. It was awarded. It was highly decorated. Um, yeah. But going back to what, what Sammy was on about with Nemesis, I, I drew a lot of parallels with what happened with Tom Hardy with uh, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And what happened wow. with, uh, oh, I forget I forget his name, who played Jay Young Floyd. Anakin. Jake Lloyd. I drew yeah. a lot of parallels with that because, again, Jake Lloyd, he got a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, guys, he's paid to say someone else's words and act someone else's uh, mm-hmm. in in someone else's direction. Right there, that's Hayden it. Christian, yeah, Hayden Christian. Yeah. He's only just recovered now, like say, from the backlash. But that's the thing when it comes to these type of fandoms, they can have such a. I know it's getting trying to be holier than now, though, but 
people should take responsibility for what they can see or, or do see on the internet yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, fair enough. Like, I know we joked in I don't like Lord of the Rings, but I would never shit on anyone for liking Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And I think I shouldn't have been a movie about walking, but that that's that's uh, that's by the by. It's but, a uh, different of a difference of opinion. <laughs> of opinion. But, but yeah. you don't you don't stop me from talking about it. You don't Tried. tell me that I'm wrong. No, about I mean, how I feel about it. Yeah, the toxicity thing. I think for me, obviously, the most controversial one's been what's happened to Doctor Who recently. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. And yeah, it's so harsh because obviously Pure Jody Whitaker took all the heat for being the worst betrayal of the doctor so far. She wasn't uh, bad. She wasn't bad. It's nothing to do with Jodie Whitaker. It was to do with the writer, Chris Chibnall. He mm-hmm. was it in, he decided, you know, screw everything that came before I'm doing my own version. And he mm-hmm. unfortunately, yes, he proved he massively failed at the genre. Mm-hmm. Multiple problems all over the place with canon and very terrible at writing female dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. Being the guy who was pitching the first female doctor, he actually wrote it very much as a boy rather than yeah. a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a shame because Jodie Whittaker was the one who took all the heat, and there were so yeah. many just really horrible, nasty things about the fact that oh, it's a woman. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Like, again, it's like Star Trek. It's the premise of the show is, is that you don't, that it's never been built on that. It's supposed to be open accept, acceptance for everything. You mm-hmm. know, it's that beacon of hope show. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why, I, I, yeah, that's why I always laugh at, like, when people get bent out of the shape with something like a premise, like a woman playing the doctor. It's like, okay, you're upset about a woman playing the doctor, not a time lord that when he dies, he regenerates into mm-hmm. another being. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is so. It's the fact that he's playing a woman, is is the fact that you can't understand that you can't get past that aspect. It's like, but you're okay with the fact <laughs> that he that he when he dies he regenerates into another person. That you yeah. can accept, but not the yeah. woman side of it. Why well, it was yeah. the same when Ghostbusters and the whole female Ghostbusters came out. They fucking lost their shit. Like, no, women can't carry proton packs. We'll break a nail. It's not yeah. the gender. And, it, you know, with Ghostbusters yeah. 2016, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that film, but it's I'm not the biggest fan because I don't feel it was written well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's got nothing to do with Melissa McCarthy or, or anything like, you know, it, mm. why? Oh, because it's a woman, right? So yeah. they yeah. they exist. But, yeah. <laughs> what is your issue? <laughs> I think it's we are here. Them, the honesty of a decline of something, and really, the heat should have hit the writers. It's yeah. you know the actors aren't the people writing these things, so they just read from the script. They're given what they're given, and that's all mm-hmm. they can work with. Um, yeah. But you never see many people jumping on the writers, going like, well, it's "No, you did no, that at all." <laughs> but that's that's the nail on the head when yeah. when it comes to Star Trek Discovery, because like, oh, Discovery's co- oh because you've got this one woman, and it's like, no, the writing is not good enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, it. no one, you shouldn't care. We've had female people in our franchise mm-hmm. and it's worked if the writing is there. Mm-hmm. But I think to flip it on its head as well, we are getting a little bit more progressive in in certain areas. No, I, I agree. But mm-hmm. the, where, where we are getting the blame correct is things like, as you mentioned before, Game of Thrones. Like the writers got the shit because they rightly or wrongly 
did what they did and mm-hmm. the blame was firmly pointed at them and their attitude afterwards as well was so sickening and I, mm-hmm. I was glad that they got Star Wars taken away from them. I, I admit me I too. did have a bit of a chuckle. chuckle. Um, me too. Laugh me arse off. <laughs> as well, similar situation as well. Um, Star Wars, second Star Wars, that was not a bad Star Wars film. It was just poorly written and didn't make any sense to what would gone before. And again, mm-hmm. the director and the writer, like, it was Rian Johnson, was it? Rian Johnson was the uh, Ryan. director. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson. sorry. Yeah, he got the shit, and as I said, the star, the third Star Wars film was a little bit better, but was trying to right too many wrongs that the second yeah. one and, and put in place, and had the fucking, damage was already done. Done, like yeah. I said, and hurting certain characters that were interesting previously, or and then just writing nonsense towards the ends. But there is certain aspects where you can see the the right people getting the shit. What 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 are due, but. Yeah. But things like, as you mentioned, like Doctor Who, or where it's purely just based on the fact that either someone's skin colour has been cast, like like the re- most recent one as well, um, The Little Mermaid, for example. The shit mm-hmm. that people kicked off about, like the amount of shit we had to put up with or try and remove from the f- Facebook group, because we've got a fictional being that's half woman, half uh, fish, yeah. yeah, being a different skin colour to the, what they, they originally had, which... Again, just blows my mind that they can't get past, like the like, yeah. the simple th- fact that these things don't exist. Sorry if you believe in mermaids; they don't exist. It's <laughs> because they all jumped on the bandwagon of well, it's not the Little Mermaid we know. It's like no, they cast the actress who's going to be going on to play her because she has the voice. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what the character's based upon. It has to be someone who literally embodies the whole point of Ariel is is her voice. Yeah, the voice. Wow, you just said it completely spot on there. <laughs> it's no, it's true. Like I, I don't, I have, I have literally no issue with the actress who's playing that. But you are right; it's the voice, and that voice gives you fucking chills. Like mm-hmm. she, literally, within that two second trailer that we got of her, tears. I couldn't stop fucking crying over it. And I don't. I'm not really a big Little Mermaid fan. I'm not. I've never. But do you cry Being, over everything? Come on, cry you cry when you cry when Goodwill talks. I, I do. <laughs> I cry at everything. But to go back to Game of Thrones, and you are right. The writers, the the showrunners, D and D, they did get their comeuppance, which rightly so they should have, because when they the, when they did the first four series, that's all source material. So everything's already laying out for them. And George R R Martin can write women. And he can write woman's dialogue and he fucking gets it. It's and they took massive credit for that up until the point where they couldn't fucking write it anymore. And that's why Daenerys turned out the way she fucking did. Um but I well, love let's not start that they, again. No, I'm not. <laughs> I've, I'm I'm calm about it. And um, I just I do you are right. I do love the fact that nowadays we are getting the, the writers uh are getting their comeuppance for what they did. Like what they what Hayden Christensen had to go through from yeah. the prequels was horrendous, but it was lovely in Obi Wan Kenobi that even for the minor second that he spoke, it's just got that that was it. That was and the character. That's and apparent, him. Apparently, he's going to be uh, cameoing in the Mandalorian season. So I don't know how they're going to do it as 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 a back 
like a like a like a flashback or something like that. Oh, if you, if you watch the latest trailer, it will give you the hint of how mm. he's going to come back. Oh, I haven't. I watched it, but not, uh, but not the to Jedi the degree Tango. where I was paying attention. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to show Order sixty six. Yeah. So obviously, oh. yeah, because we're supposed to be getting to find out how Grogu going down kids again. Um, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> we're going to get to find out how uh, Grogu gets out of there as well. That's that's the thing we're going to learn. But yeah, um, one thing because I, I know we're talking about favorite franchises as well. But one of the things I did want to talk about because I think. It is a big factor these days. Is a little bit of fr- franchise fatigue. So yes. there is a lot of different franchises now, especially like because a lot of people say that Hollywood now is made of franchises and remakes. There's there's very few new or thing. Again, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like if you told me twenty years ago that the Marvel universe would be to the degree we'll get now, I would have took your hands off. I would have paid money for it. Um, yeah. but. There is a lot of elements when it comes to, like, say, franchise fatigue. And I think Marvel is one of the ones that is tatering, or let's say they're in full-blown now. They've, they've started to correct the course, and I think the announcement's come out that they're going to do less TV next year or in the next few years, and then going to oh. focus on big events and stuff like that. So, again, yeah. I think that's The been... Marvel Um so what it's what's come about with that is is that from the start of Iron Man to Endgame, mm-hmm. over the course of I think it was ten years, this what they span that out. It works out some like twenty full films that released in ten years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the last two, they've released roughly around twenty one different things in two years. That's and a lot. Is yeah. kicking in because it's like they are just doing too much now. Where it's like rein it back a little bit. We we spoke it's about every this. three months. There's something new from Marvel. If it's not a film, it's a TV show. Yeah, um, it also alienates new viewers. I feel because it's if you're like as well, like when you're mm. putting out that much work, the quality is going to start to decline because if everything's on a deadline, like just. Finish it. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's yeah, it doesn't matter if the SFS stuff. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> if the dialogue's right, just get it yeah. out. Um I think Goodwill they got a good point there as well, because with a lot of different fan bases and fans coming in, especially if you're a new like imagine like say being introduced to the Marvel universe now and saying, Oh, I'm excited because Blade's coming out. Okay, if you want to watch Blade, you've got to watch fifteen years <laughs> worth of movies to basically yeah. know what's going on. That's intimidating. Yes. That, yeah. That's like if like that for a lot of people, like say, if I told like say went to my wife, oh, we're going to watch uh, like this new TV show. It's going to be exciting. She goes, oh, great. What do I do? Is there anything I need to know about? Yeah, we're going to watch seventeen hours of movies beforehand. She would probably punch us in the balls. So she would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not going to happen. But like I said, I think Marvel is the one that's probably feeling. Uh, quite a lot when it comes to like the franchise aspect um, because of the success previously they've had, they've done so well they've kind of like latched on and went great. I think other other ones as well I hate to say it but Jurassic Park is a, is a one now we'll, we'll get, kind of get at that stage not because of all the different shows and everything we've got but it's the same idea that we're going over and over again with, and it's kind of yeah. it's great. Like Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park the original is never going to be beaten. The Lost World was decent. Um, Lost World was three, brilliant. Three was a bit 
on the edge. Then they brought it back with, um, like I say, Jurassic World. Again, same premise as the first one, just larger scale. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to keep that going when they didn't kind of need to be kept going, if, if that makes sense. So now we've got, like, say, the two movies in the one in Dominion where it felt like we're watching two different movies at the same time with the old guys and the new guys trying to just get in. And it kind of just didn't work for me. But again, anything with dinosaurs, I'm always going to be all for. Yeah. I'll, watch, I'll watch anything. I've got the pictures to see. But it's just a shame now. Seconds. Yeah, of course. That's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so it's just a shame now with, like, say, different like things that we are getting. It It's kind of, like, uh, saturating it a little bit as well. I, I find it sad when I don't have an opinion on the new Jurassic Park films. Like, mm. I just... I don't really have that opinion. I don't ever want to see the second one again, ever. Mm-hmm. I can't watch my favourite dinosaur in the world die. I can't <laughs> do that anymore. Um, and it's sad because I thought, I thought I was, I, I thought I would get that magic back that what I we got with the first mm-hmm. one, because I never get, I never got to see the first one on the big screen. So yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to see like a whole new starting point. And oh, mm-hmm. sorry. So, and and again, a similar, not similar franchise, completely different franchise, but we're getting the fourth movie. And like I said, TV show I mentioned before, the John Wick now. Like I say, I'm a little bit worried, like, where do we go with John Wick? How how do we continue with the energy levels? Because I've met watching the third one. I know the premise of the third one was to tie you out. The director came out when he wanted to do such long action films like that the audience felt tired afterwards. It's like, how far does this man have to go and what does he have to do? And how many people does he have to shoot in the face and stuff like that? How many people is, How many people hate him? That's the question. How many people really dislike this person? But I am so new to the John Wick franchise that mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. That I'm yeah. not... I'm really excited that there's a new one coming out because I'm mm-hmm. so brand new to it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, when you talk about fatigue... Scream franchise. Yeah. It's mm. it's it's got like it has gotta be like see I love the Scream movies. Even yeah, Scream Four, I, I kinda enjoyed in a sick way. <laughs> I got away. Maybe maybe because I had Emma Roberts in and I just I thought like Scream Queens and American Horror Story I absolutely love her in. So um but yeah it the worked. last and the last Scream one should have worked, but it kind of didn't for me. And it didn't. There is something in the last Scream film that I enjoyed. It's the first mm-hmm. time that actually made any sort of reference to it, which is really weird that he never did in the previous. Mm-hmm. First time that David Arquette's like, character of Dewey actually mentions that he lost his sister the first time round. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Does it get mentioned the second one or the third or the fourth? Yeah. That is younger sister was murdered the first time um mm-hmm. it's the first time he brings it up and he's in his little cabin and he's obviously like completely are there. down and out now yeah and he makes the point it's like last time this is what i lost so yeah but our, you see you actually see our ashes too so there's physical yeah. reference to her which you've not re- she was it, it almost felt like a, a, a throwaway character when she's not she's quite pivotal to who is now moving on through these films, not now, yeah. spoiler, but he's he was moving through these films and he had that heartbreak, but that's not what you were getting 
you weren't getting his heartbreak of him losing his sister. It was just all this shite that kept following him going through. There's one aspect of the new trailer that's kind of got us. And it's the it's with all of the yes. extreme outfit. Yeah, I want to know more about that. That's so pulled I, me in massively. Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. kind of just write it off. And then I me saw too. that clip and I was like... <gasps> The so nerd in me is just like, I want to go to that. I want to see yeah. the costume too. I'm going to touch it. <laughs> Let's so, find it. So we're starting the rumour now. Is Stu going to be the killer in this one, Sam? I am still, I will honestly, I said it on the last one. He, it was his house. So I was kind of, kind of there. I still think he's alive. I don't think that television did much damage. <laughs> I really don't. Catch his, um, Q and A's. It's full of horror when he was actually talking about it. Yeah, I didn't see. I saw more of his interaction in the crowd than I saw his actual Q and A. He was great because they did bring it up. Obviously, mm-hmm. with Skittles returning, <laughs> he was really cute. He's like, yeah. he's like, I don't think I died. I reckon he survived <laughs> a TV being dropped. He's like, yes. And he was like, get the crowd to sort of shout with him. It's like, yes, Stu is still alive. Like, give me a chance to get back in for one more goal. I swore blind on the last one that Stu was coming back. I really, I really like, thought I was, it was as well. That's <laughs> what I was going for. And I remember in the cinema, and we were going up to Stu's house, and I was like, this is it, Carolyn, it's happening. Couldn't hit her at the time she was pregnant, so I had to, like, wave my hands in the air. <laughs> Normally, I'd give Carolyn a good punch when something exciting happened. <laughs> I think the obvious choice would be Sydney, and with with this Nave Campbell saying that she's not in it, and like saying trying to hide that aspect. I think there'll be bullshit if she's not in at all. I think a small cameo live after Killer Off. I don't think Courtney Cox is making it through this one. No, I think, it, I think but it, then again, are they making it far too obvious in the trailer that Courtney Cox is not going to be is not going to survive it because that telephone call, she's mm-hmm. never spoke to the killer on the phone before ever. Mm-hmm. It just seems a bit far too obvious that that's where they're going to go and they could twist it on its head but I would have just been so happy if General Ortega was leading this franchise but unfortunately we have the other girl who's the the daughter of Billy oh my god her acting ability is terrible her delivery is not great let's move on to things that we like then shall we (laughs) (laughs) rather than just shitting on it um so I know we're talking about like Marvel and, and, and aspects, like to the next big one and the franchise that I never thought I would be seeing in a million years that I'm excited for. But after seeing the trailer and after hearing about it, the new Indiana Jones. Like say I love the Indiana Jones franchise. Like say um I even I'll dare say it, I like the Crystal Skull, even though <gasps> it, 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 people do drive on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, it, if, if, you, if, you, if you take Shia LaBeouf out of it, I, I would have enjoyed it more. But still, I think it's an entertaining film. It's an Indiana Jones film. But I am so excited for Mads Mikkelsen as the main bad guy as well uh, oh, in this. I'm going um, to be like a mess the moment he comes on screen. Um, <laughs> stop looking at the screen or something like that. <laughs> I, I got to meet him um, in December. All right. I was an absolute wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something fantastic you can ask Mads to do in photos. Right. You can ask him to soak you in your photo ops. Soak you? Um, so I went over. Oh, and I soak you! I, I, was getting, I thought you said spitting on you or something. Like that I was like, <laughs> um, Adam's okay. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> 
it was fantastic. I was expecting it to be like an obscure request. You just kind of went, come here. <laughs> I'll hold on to you. But he's he is beautiful. The thing is, he's such a lovely person as well. Though. He's got an incredibly nice nature for the roles mm-hmm. that he plays. Um, I bet he smells beautiful. <laughs> so there is standing the orders there for some, so that's fine. He's the only reason I watched a James. I'm not. I really can't stand James Bond films, but he's the only reason I watched mm-hmm. one was because he was in it. I am yeah. such a fan of that man. He's an amazing actor, a brilliant villain. We need a photo of just Sammy just sat behind him, just sniffing his hair. <laughs> yeah, right, Matt. Jones thing. I'm really looking forward to. Because obviously it is defined as this is Harrison Ford's done after this. He just doesn't want to yeah. return. Um, mm. So I've seen from the trailer, obviously, we're going to see returning characters from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Now, with the actor who played Short Round, now, see, he's just come back sort of into yeah, the light he... again. I am dying for him to pop up in it. Like, if he doesn't, I think it's going to be an absolute waste if they don't have him just cameoing for a small moment. So it is kind of the goodbye of all the characters. I'm sure at Comic-Con last year when they announced uh, the trailer and, like, they had the cast on, he wasn't there, but in the same weekend, he was photographed with Steven Spielberg. Um, I thought you said this is the first meeting that we've had in years and stuff like that but um, again I I think it would be a missed opportunity even if they haven't filmed it film it now after everything that's got and stick it in somewhere like say um, yeah. um, and again I would like I, I think there's been a poster shared I think I shared a poster of it um, The Adventures of Short Round like what happened oh. after Indy and oh. having that story is told I think again rather than having uh, like a young Indiana Jones or Indiana Jones' son. No, tell that, like, say he's in the universe, he's he's canon. Take mm-hmm. that story, I think it would be interesting. And that's a story I would like to, to I would it's, I would very much enjoy. It's definitely Key's year. So I would, mm-hmm. re- it would be lovely to see him end it with that. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's such a, just watching him over the last few weeks with the awards season coming up and how well he's been doing, it's like, it's just, he makes us cry every time. Like, you think Goodwill can make us cry every time? Because he's just so appreciative of the where, where he is right now. And even he has no, he could be really bitter about what happened to him as a, as a child actor and the fact that, you know, when he got a bit older, he was just not, he's not cast. He was, you know, he didn't fit the, he didn't fit the, the mold anymore. Um, mm. And he could have been really bitter about that, but instead he's chosen to, that's how it was. And this is how it is now. And I oh, just, he, I want nothing but nice things. It's like him and Brendan Fraser are yes. nothing but nice things to happen to the pair of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, just trying to think of like other franchises as well that, oh, that do stand out. I'm surprised Sammy hasn't mentioned it because, like, mm-hmm. say she, she loves like the books and she's loved the the movies, uh, the Hannibal Lecter franchise, oh God, the of the Lambs. Yes, like all the things that we've got from that aspect. As that is a as franchise, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a psychological thriller or horror, whatever you're saying, like the elements that we've got, like going all the way from Red Dragon, um. Like say Hannibal, like say Sounds of the Lambs, then the, the t- Hannibal TV show, and like say the other aspects, like and even having like Brian Cox, like his version of oh, Manhunter God. as well. Like, so 
like how many like stories can you tell about serial killers and uh, like say cannibals and still be entertained and it keeps it going I think that's more to do with like the writing and the books and yeah. being as well as they yeah. are but I'll be amiss to say that I'm like sure say, there's a TV series now of Clarice as well, but I think it unfortunately it was a one and done. Um, yeah. I think it is the guy from Walking Dead who played Abraham. I think he's in it. it I watched the I first like two. I watched the mm. first two episodes. It's literally, um, I think, six months set six months after the Silence of the Lambs. Clarice mm. is just getting back in the field after. No, actually, not six months. It's I think it's a, a little bit longer than that because Clarice went to like be a superstar. And then flopped, like like massively. So basically, she got given this case, but it's all about the senator's daughter who survived, who Clarice saved. Keep trying to contact Clarice and wanting to relive or reconnect because with Clarice saving her, but Clarice wanting to forget what happened with like say Buffalo Bill. Um, it it was okay. It just it 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 started becoming a generic cop show, which you don't want. With right. uh, Silence of the Lambs type aspect, like Hannibal done it so well, Hannibal got, yeah. got things so right. Like say with telling the story oh. and and how um, how to change it up but keep it the same as well at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and having Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal Lecter was absolutely such an incredible choice. The only the only thing that I could not get away with, and this is just this is solely based on my love of Red Dragon. It is my favorite fictional book it is i love the film um is mm-hmm. the will character it just there was just mm-hmm. something will was clever and he was mm-hmm. smart and he was but he wasn't like he, he didn't it, psychologically he was very much he, he liked to question things but he never liked to question himself and he mm-hmm. never got lost in himself and that's the part of it i could not get away with that just did not feel feel like will graham the will graham that i've read and um, that didn't feel like him. But besides that, the whole series aesthetically was beautiful. Yeah, it it was really Brian Fuller, wasn't it? Brian Fuller, wasn't it? The director. Yeah, it? and he's going to be doing the new Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, uh, TV Crystal series. Lake. It's Crystal Lake or something. It's, or yes. something it's supposed to be referred to. So um, it's going. It'll look absolutely stunning, if nothing else. So that gives us, like, say, before we do a wrap up as well, I wanted to ask a few more questions. Uh, we've talked a lot about movie franchises and stuff like that. What would you say about TV franchises? Would you say would, would be stand up? And what would you class as your favorite TV franchise out there? Or how or the biggest one that you that comes to your mind? Well everyone's screaming supernatural in this chat. <laughs> to be fair though, supernatural is not gonna get a look in, in this conversation, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, I love oh supernatural, but fifteen seasons T- and... mm-hmm. if if you look for TV friends yeah i think nothing it's it's very rare that oh god how long has it been nearly 20 years after it finished 18 years after it's finished there's still friends fest there's still reruns people still talk about it people still reference it after Mm -hmm. 20 years yeah after it ended it's still in the public consciousness yeah even last year a makeup line was brought out with friends yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's crazy but going to going to shops like going to Primark, there's still friends merchandise. Got loads of these like Be More Geek and everything like that. It's still friends merchandise. Um, you know, there's there's still the tours. It's the same with um, the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, that, that, 
without friends we wouldn't have the big bang theory or how i met your mother or any of these they've all been trying to get to the same level that friends what they did we Mm -hmm. everyone's been trying to get the same sort of like status yeah we wouldn't have always sunny because always sunny was on the premise of let's take friends and do everything the opposite of what they would do let's make you hate the main cast of friends and so you wouldn't have always sunny if you didn't have friends but it's like the about... truest portrayal of Ross ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's on the nose. Were you going to say that, Goodwill? Um, you, you think of all the sitcoms that came out in the nineties that that just could not live up to Friends, despite some of them beating Friends concurrently every week. Like everybody loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. That was number one in America. That was yeah. you know Friends was in. The shadows when it came to that, you've got Third Rock from the Sun, Frasier. But mm-hmm. to this day, yes, we love all those sitcoms, but Friends is still at the top. Crazy. It's it's absolutely it's insane. How the, the this ten year run of this sitcom had such an impact. This, it was that generation's mash. Mm-hmm. We, we are doing an episode on Friends, so I'm gonna keep my trivia till then. Yeah. Content. The thing is, I love about Friends as well when they announced their anniversary, like because it was like so much love and like but disappointed at the same time because we thought we were getting a new episode or a new like feature length mm. thing. Yeah, that's when it was. Where announced. are they now? Kind of thing. Uh, but when they announced, I think it was Jennifer Aniston that created an Instagram account and posted a picture saying it's coming back. It broke Instagram. Do you know yeah. why? Because of what was in shot in the picture. What was it? There's a picture of all of them where they stood there. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got their phone turned over with some very questionable white lines on the phone in the background. <laughs> was it Matthew and, Perry by any chance? <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, Jen Franson joined. Oh, friends. What, what is that in the corner of the picture? Somebody <laughs> didn't check it before they uploaded it to crop it out. Oh, dear. Wow. <laughs> Matthew Perry. <laughs> Rumours. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'll keep all my trivia friends to our episode, so I don't give away things. But oh, you guys. are right. It's like it's it's unreal to think that that show is still we still almost talk about it like it came out yesterday. The Simpsons. Simpsons. It's the same thing. It's it's mm-hmm. it's in the public still consciousness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in the public uh, consciousness. Yeah, I remember when the Simpsons Halloween special used to be the staple for Halloween. Like Treehouse mm. of Horror, you did not Halloween did not start until you watched that. Mm-hmm. But um, I know years gone by. Like, see, I can't believe that the Simpsons are still going. Like, yeah. They are yeah. clearly, and let's let's not. I'm not going to be a dick about this, but they've clearly run out of ideas. Like the last uh, Halloween special, it was better, but the ones before has has always been like say. Not that not to the standard that they were. They've went away from actually storytelling. But the thing with The Simpsons as well, it is transcended just a TV show. It's been a movie. There's been multiple games. There's been comics. There's so many things that has came out from that. Like say that yeah. macro, and, and like we wouldn't have like a Futurama or Disenchanted. Was it Disenchanted that, that disenchanted. we got now? Yeah, yeah. And, Family Guy yeah. wouldn't have been a thing. Mm. Family Guy. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but oh, yeah. I love Family Guy. <laughs> I really, I put it on when we leave the house. I put it on for Beatrice in the background noise. 
Oh, no wonder it's just amended. She's screaming outside as well if nobody can hear her. She's going absolutely ridiculous. I can hear Anthony talking away in a while. <laughs> but, so, like, more, but more recently as well, um, I, I, like I say, the success-wise, I think probably not up there with Friends, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer probably has the same type of fanfare of uh, law now because, as you said, they, they got the comic strips that came out yeah. afterwards to, to keep telling the huh. story. You got the spin-off, and not many TV shows do have successful spin-offs. Um, I know you can probably count like Frasier and stuff like on one hand, um, but Angel was a success. Um, mm-hmm. so I would I would count Buffy as up there as like not Friends level. Nothing's going to be Friends level. Let's be honest. No. But as think- as a pop culture icon, like Buffy still holds up. Mm-hmm. With Buffy, yeah, I think it hit that mark for everyone because when Buffy came about. Um, obviously there was the original film um, mm. oh, I love that film so much <laughs> and loose is you your goose <laughs> my goose is totally loose wrote um, the character of Buffy was done so well that it was like it was you know targeted towards a teen sort of female audience mm-hmm. and never once did they ever drift away from the fact that she was just a teenager yeah mm-hmm. And it did deal with the fact of obviously her trying to balance her life as well as what she was doing and giving quite an honest portrayal of that. Um, mm. I think that's why one really, really enjoyed it. Um, my favourite thing is, is that Dolly Parton was one of the producers on it. Really? Fuck off, I, I did, did not, not know that. funded <laughs> it to happen. Um, God bless yeah, Dolly Parton. <laughs> it's popping up a lot more about it now because she's like a silent producer. But she right. put quite a bit of cost so they could create the show um, based solely upon that woman just wants to save Hill lives, Hill. doesn't she? She <laughs> she's a huge fan. Um, <laughs> did not know that. You are just a fountain of knowledge. No wonder you won that quiz. <laughs> Useless trivia. Um... <laughs> and I thought I had a lot. <laughs> no, because I, I, I know we like. Sorry. No, go on, Paul. Now it's the same because I know we've got like the Buffy episode coming up soon as well. We've got a lot of plans into it. Yeah, I, th- I think as as well in terms of like whether you were Spike or Angel, um, who did who did you like put your loyalties in? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. Listen, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I can 100% say mine was Spike to the point I didn't watch the last episode of Buffy for years. Mm-hmm. because I knew what would happen I'd been told um, for years I did not watch it but I would stop it the episode before um, that's loyalty the <laughs> Angel series yeah until it was mentioned to me that's like oh yeah he totally comes back in the Angel series I'm like I've held off <laughs> on this episode for years not realising that like he comes back like I can watch it now without having to cry over it <laughs> oh bless you <laughs> it's amazing how much we we gravitate towards these fictional characters isn't it <laughs> I, get I, that. Never, I never saw the appeal of spike to be honest he just felt like a uh, like a billy billy idol wannabe which i know that, that was the impression that he wanted yes. to give but uh, he kind of mm-hmm. I, like i never got that much feelings to it. i never saw how buffy and him worked in my thing but again that's something that we'll probably talk about in the buffy yeah. episode as well so what are you <laughs> going to say there michael um I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't reference certain video game franchises as well mm. over the last 20, 25 years that have sort of um, enabled themselves into the mainstream as well. You know, you, you look at Tomb Raider 
although oh. a bit dated now, but Tomb Raider, in, you know, in the 90s was a huge uh, franchise. For me personally, probably very niche now, but Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's um, a big one in our house. Which, you know, as as a wee boy of 12 years old, playing that on the PlayStation 1 and going, my God, this is a movie. You know, this has got yeah. brilliant, brilliant voice acting, the way it was like shot, well, not shot, but, you know, like the way it was directed mm-hmm. visually. Um, it, it, those games, the, the first three games, well, all the Metal Gears really, uh, I, I love them daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the story. I mean, the story... It's very hard to get into, um, but I love them daily. But you've got Uncharted, which is oh, just Tomb Raider and Indiana favorites. Jones with comedy in it. And it's just like... Yeah, it, it's it, my it, favourite. Yeah, and it it works. As yeah. a game, it, it works. It is fun to play. Um, but, you know, for, for me, a, a video game franchise is something that, that drags you into that world and makes you fall in love with that world. And yeah. Uncharted did that. Mass Effect did that hugely to me because that was so lovingly created, like Star Wars and Star Trek. It, it doesn't just go, hi, this is a game, pew, pew, space. This is like, this is a whole universe wow, and we yeah. have written everything about it. Here's the law, here's the race. And you're like, wow. And it just dumps you in. It's like, here you go, yeah. see you later. Um, and the other one I was just going to reference in terms of like sheer, unbelievable, ginormous franchise, Grand Theft Auto went from this top-down 2D game on the PlayStation 1 yes. to the biggest video game ever. When a video game makes $250 billion a year on online alone, yeah, that is a big game and that is the first and only time i have been to a midnight launch because screw doing that again <laughs> because that was that was terrifying really <laughs> being, a, being at teesside park at midnight with chavs in courses going yeah you got a video game yo and you just like get to the car drive away as quickly as possible because Jesus. hundreds and hundreds of people Oh, because Goodwill wanted to bitch slap some whores. I think yeah. the game franchise thing, it is, there's this lovely wave that's happening now in these uh, remasters of really cool classics. So Resident mm-hmm. Evil did great, and each remaster has been brilliant. I'm so excited for the fourth one to be remastered. Mm-hmm. But see, now it's spurred that Silent Hill are finally going to do it. Everyone's waited yes. so long for another Silent Hill game. We're now going to get a remaster and a brand new game. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a period, there, there was a period where they were, obviously those games resonated with people my age because it was the nineties and early two thousands and they were like yeah these are brilliant stories and everyone loves them but there's a generation that never experienced it mm-hmm. they never experienced those games when they came out and you know mm-hmm. if they play the original games now they're going to be like ah graphics are shite the gameplay is shite blah, blah. so you know yeah they'll play I, Minecraft yeah they'll play Minecraft but I I love that. You know, these people, like, yes, remasters can be argued, oh, it's just a cheap rehash, but it's like, well, no, it's preserving these these yeah. wonderful stories and characters and worlds for a new generation with new visuals and new gameplay. And yeah. Silent Hill, Resident Evil has proved you can have the original games highly polished and, and modernized. And a lot of I'm... people are like, Metal Gear Solid, do it for Metal Gear Solid, do it for these other games in the 90s that that deserve 
a new voice, a new generation to appreciate them? One that's coming soon is uh, they're going to do it to a series called Dead Space. Mm, yes. Which is I feel like we spoke about this. Space horror games ever. <laughs> yes, we did. We spoke about it on the horror. I learned all about this because I did not and know. it's coming back. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember being terrified the first time it came out. I'm dreading a remaster. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting a TV show about it as well. I think in, in the I'm really looking forward yes. to this because I think there is going to be a slight sort of research in sci-fi horror like people can start taking interest in sort of films like the original alien event horizon and things because they're going to be itching for after playing this game so Mm. i'm really sort of looking forward to i'm hoping there is a slight resurgence in sci-fi horror bioshock bioshock wow um it's the greatest horror setting ever um yeah Um, definitely with with a lot of the games as well like said they all, I said, they want that franchise money and stuff like that. They all want to, like, say, be the next big thing. But that's why probably they are going back to the remakes as well, because there's nothing wrong with them games story-wise that mm. they made back then. Mm-hmm. It's just graphically, they yeah, couldn't do what they could do now. So it, it can make things, like, say, that much better. Like, even if they remade, for example, like the original Halo movie, done, done Halo like, back then when I think it was on the 360 when it originally came out. Um, no, it was, a, it was, X, X, it was Xbox, the original was it Xbox launch. Was it? Yeah. Yes. And there was was it Turok as well? Turok the Dinosaur Slayer. Mm-hmm. That would again be an interesting one. I know they've tried to do a movie wise quite a few times over the uh, years, but you did see a scene that stood with his goodwill, and, and I know we've been talking for a while, but I wanted to get into this one as well because it's probably one of the more controversial ones now these days. And technically, let's be honest, this shouldn't subject shouldn't be controversial but it is come due to like the issues that, that comes with it like you can't get any more world immersing and things that come with it than the harry potter film films or books oh, or games God, yeah. and everything that comes about and again not to say on whose side or what side uh that, that's on but as a franchise as a like a world people get lost in this world people like grew up with these worlds now and it's such a wonderful place to be and i know we've got like the fantastic beasts now which again is, is a different take showing you different sides but there's so it's so it's so rich and it's so deep and it, it's just a lovely place and like i'll never not be a fan of harry potter if that makes sense because of Same. the stuff that 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 we got from it um because it, God, it like broke like crazy wild when I like I literally remember being in primary school when the first book came out. Mm-hmm. It was being read to us as our like sort of afternoon story before the end of school. Oh, wow! <laughs> so when the first film released, it was our school trip. Go watch the first movie. Mm-hmm. I remember it so visceral of like actually it was in a really old. Oh, cinema. bless you! I'm, um, I'm a lot older than you, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> do. Michael, if you're from Teesside, so you you might remember uh, Redcast Cinema, where it's actually on, like, kind of the pier. Yeah, it's just down the road from me. I live in Redcast. Yeah, so we were in that cinema, and it is a proper old, <laughs> like, it's the velvet folding chairs, it's freezing. Oh, uh, knock down now, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you knock it down, but... Goodwill? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we got taken there to go watch it, and it did for that entire generation. It was mm-hmm. the new generation's Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm, it was kids you know, reading books as the films were coming out. Um, you know, tons of people like 
that sort of age range as well, trying to get into the films because they're casting for children of all those ages yeah, just true. for a chance to be in there. Because I can understand oh. why the that franchise is so protected by the fans. Yeah, I think it's, this I, was their introduction into fantasy. This was their yeah. world. I think yeah. it's it's more protective up here as well with a certain group because a majority of it was filmed in the northeast. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and you know it. it I think it holds sentimental value for a lot of people because, you know, it's Annick Castle, it's Doom Cathedral, it's it's Gromont, it's this. And it's like round here, it's like, yeah, I'm only down the road from that or I only live up there. And and there's a lot of sentimental value for that, for for a lot of fans in the northeast of England for Harry Potter. because it's here as well, not being too far from York, um, because when you go down a certain street in York, it does look like Dyke Alley. It tilts, and yeah. that is some of the inspiration for it. Edinburgh is the same. Edinburgh is fantastic. Yeah. I and had like, no wake in, in Edinburgh. History you can find of how she wrote the books. Like, mm-hmm. it's the graveyard with the actual... Um, <sighs> yeah, that's where I had me awakening. <laughs> um, but it, something like about that, I mean, obviously there's the controversy, but no. Um <laughs> But these little things that it's like when you hold something so precious and you can actually go and physically see yes, and immerse yourself in that, yeah, it, it's quite lovely in its way. When a um, franchise makes you do what, let's be honest, it's a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do that for a franchise, like if you look at, um, so Harry Potter, you've got you know, locations in the northeast of England. You've got Star Wars who had certain locations. I mean, was it uh, Tunisia? Tunisia, where you can go to Pinewood Studios. Pine, Pinewood, well. yeah. Pine um, Star Trek has uh, San Francisco, loads of sites in LA. These franchises, you know, a lot of people, I mean, even for daft films like uh, Home Alone and, mm-hmm. and The Fast and the Furious, you know, oh, there's the Shreto house. And it's mm-hmm. like, people will make a pilgrimage just to stand outside of a house that was used as an establishing shot. Yeah. yeah. Charmed. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I mean, I, I only realised last week the Charmed House from the series is mm-hmm. across the street from the Toretto House from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so people do a double pilgrimage because they're like, I'm here to say Charmed and the Fast and the Furious. It's also, it's also been used in Buffy, hasn't it? Yeah. The, the Charmed House was used in Buffy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think you were, right. Michael, you were going to make a very good point earlier as well about separating the art from... The artist and stuff like that. I when it comes when it comes to Harry Potter, obviously you you know my opinion. I separate the art from the artist. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the same with Gene Roddenberry. You know, Gene Roddenberry had a lot of issues. Um, mm-hmm. I separate the art from the artist. Um, mm-hmm. I think things are wrong, but it shouldn't take away from the world. Mm-hmm. Of of Harry Potter and and it's something that people love, yeah. and some fans won't know the controversy. They don't want to know. If they love that, that's fine. Don't detra- Don't say how can you love this because if of this. this? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that. And I love that aspect. So that that's something I'm always on board with as well. And that's one of the things that we do try and be quite strong about in the nerdy up north community yeah. and, the, and the group. Because we don't want people to feel ostracized or out or left or, or discouraged to love what they love. To be fucking, mm-hmm. I get shit for like loving Twilight, which again is another franchise which we could talk about. 
but uh <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll not <laughs> um, i actually last year i spent a lot of time with harry potter because i read the whole entire of the books which was as a dyslexic person incredibly jarring to do but my god did i lose myself in that world um, I actually cried on the last page, not just because I'd finished the books and that was it. My journey was over. It's because I actually finished the books. I am <laughs> so bad at reading fictional books. It takes, I've got, uh, as mentioned earlier, I'm reading Fire and Blood. That will probably take me about two years to get through. But okay. I have just finished the Elvira autobiography in two weeks. I can do biographies like that. I cannot fiction or anything to do on the morbid side. I can, but fiction, I'm just, I struggle very much. So I was, I loved me little jaunt with War Harry. Did Elvira have pictures in? That's all I'm asking. It did. Just for a friend. (laughs) It did. It did. The centre pictures were very, um, Research purposes. Research purposes. <laughs> I might have to lend that. You might not get it back, but yeah. Is that like sort of like damning people for their like fandoms or anything like that? It's yeah. It's such a shame when it happens because I don't think people yeah. realise obviously how precious certain things can be for yeah reasons that people might not necessarily understand why people attach themselves on you. It can sometimes be you watch them at a certain time in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is the thing of like um what you class as like safe space shows the shows you will always go back and rewatch because like it's a like comfort <laughs> that's me all over <laughs> i'm terrible for it me um, too. so many rewatches but it's something i must admit i've only come across it in the last year or so mm-hmm. so i'm a very awkward person to meet in person i don't really know what, what you've really do. not <laughs> I don't know if that's because life. my yeah. awkward bounced off your awkward and we were okay, but you were good. <laughs> but I'm starting to find that the things I used to apologise for being so nerdy over and, you know, mm-hmm. the community of other people, like when you meet someone who just clicks, they kind of, you mentioned A Sean, and like, oh, yeah. yes. like, I need to. Mm-hmm. And it's that loveliness and it's mm-hmm. keeping that going it's like even if it's a show that you've not watched or you maybe don't necessarily understand you don't have to go well it's terrible like yeah tell me tell me why it's still enjoyable because it's obviously means something um i love the conversation aspect, yeah. Like yeah the conversation is always more now. yeah um, and i think that's that's what happened when like, we built what we have and that's why we always try and keep to the fundamentals um like of of what we do we know it's expanded and grew to thing and that's why we keep the podcast the way it is is like it's, it's expanded it's changed different things we've got other people in but getting people's viewpoints but we the big point is not to shout someone down and say that you're wrong for liking something or you're wrong for not liking something it's about telling us why and having that conversation it's much more interesting but like say running like i never thought like running the nerdy up north community would opened my eyes to so many different aspects like it's changed my view on nerdism or so Mm. I thought I was a pretty nerdy person but turns out I'm not I'm just a standard person (laughs) (laughs) he says in his shrine yeah I know but this is why I this is why the the disclaimer (laughs) was was something that I always saw on every YouTube video I see. There's always a disclaimer. These are our opinions. It's my opinions. about, And that's why I wanted the disclaimer in there. But really, the message in it is the acceptance of everyone. 
Mm-hmm. That was and that was the reason why I wrote it the way I did Except is to make you're sure. Weirder, weirder. You really are goodwill. <laughs> um, is to make sure that we are all you know everyone's accepted in fandom. Mm-hmm. Everyone, mm-hmm. there is no exclusion whatsoever, and we are import- pretty. Oh, yeah, I think the important thing as well is make it a safe place for people as yeah. well, because there's not many places on the, especially on the internet where you can go. Like like most places have the best intentions, and but it does t- turn a bit sour. And like I say, I've I've been banned from groups as well just by talking about nerdy up north. Fair enough, I've probably been self promoting myself. But um, would you consider a, nerdy up north a franchise? No. <laughs> No, um, oh, we are a franchise because it costs me money. <laughs> we go across platforms. Yeah, but um, I don't want to think about that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a franchise player yet. Tax man, please stay away from me. <laughs> it's we're religion. It's fine. We're tax it's exempt. A, it's a cult. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to see things grow and seeing like people who's been involved like from the start like yourself jessica i know you're not very vocal in the group but it, it is noticed that you're still around and it's nice when people can get involved with like the project shall we say and as i said goodwill was this quiet meek little boy and now we can't get him to shut the fuck up so yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll just bully uh... daily no, now he has his own little Twitch thing going and he's making a name for himself and he's going to leave us and do the Goodwill Project. Oh, my God, that sounds brilliant. Goodwill Please don't, project. don't say it like that. It sounds like some sort of experiment. No. That's what sounds meant. You are the, the Goodwill experiment. Project. I really am. I'm a failed test tube baby, guys. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why yes, you uh, twist it like that? I was willed into existence when Nerdy Up North was created. So, that's kind on the We're project as well. <laughs> Again, to talk about, like I said, in my eyes, what I think a lot of people do go to when they think about franchise or when they think about franchise player, we can't just have this talk and not talk about Star Wars. As, as I think as a franchise as a whole... There's a lot of things that happened through the years and things, but this did change the game for a lot of things like marketing, merchandise, spin-offs. This has more success than failures. And as a world, again, talking about Harry Potter as a world, but the Star Wars worlds that was created and that we've got, a lot of the things that we have whole dear now, we would not have if it wasn't for Star Wars. And I, I think Star Wars... Like like uh, Star Trek is now being run by ginormous fans mm-hmm. of the franchise. Like if you look at yeah. Dave Filoni and John, oh, I can never get his surname. Favreau. Favreau, they are huge Star Wars fans, and, and look that at what they love, did. yeah, and that love and that passion is is shown yeah. within what they create. And for me. That what make, that's what makes a good franchise where something was created and the love and the passion has brought people in to carry on that torch yeah. for another generation to show what made them fall in love with it and to carry that spirit with them. Watching John Favreau on the Mandalorian, you know, the making of that they do after that comes out afterwards. And they were talking about the scene, obviously, the big one with Luke and R2. And he's he's pitching the idea in the writer's room. And he's like, oh, just, it would be brilliant if we could get R2 just to roll on in. They're like, yeah, we can do that. 
And he was like, excuse me? And he was like, <laughs> yeah, you, you do know we, we can do that. We can get R2 for you. And he was like, oh. And he burst into tears. <laughs> because in his nerdy little child brain, never in a million years did he think, one, he would create Luke Skywalker again. Mm-hmm. And also be able to have R2-D2 in Stopping. the droid. I don't know if you can't see it in the flesh, but in the, you know. <laughs> John Favreau think... one of those people that has been responsible for giving us some of these franchises. Obviously, he was behind, mm-hmm. obviously, the first Iron Man setting us off into Marvel. I thought um, you were going to start with Swingers there. I was going to, are you going to go that far back? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, there's a weird connection there. I don't know whether... Yeah ever picked it up obviously the character he plays is basically tony stark mm-hmm. oh pete mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he's the guy with all the money that's going to go that's out there true. and stuff and, I and love he becomes it, a really field mma fighter <laughs> even back then you can still see his thing that iron man was his character that's um, true yeah never really thought of that but I, I, I think these franchises are, are learning from that and are learning that oh we'll bring in the people who know the subject material and who yeah. are passionate about it um mm. I mean, like I said, it it doesn't even have to translate to, to behind the scenes. If you look at Rosario Dawson, she is mm-hmm. a huge Star Wars fan. She fought tooth and nail mm-hmm. to become Ahsoka Tano because mm-hmm. she loved the the character in the Clone Wars. Anson uh, Anson Mount from Strange New Worlds, a huge Star Trek fan who welled up the first time he got onto the bridge and he was like, "Oh my God, I'm actually." Yeah, here. this is he my fangirl moment. Yeah, he he did. He, he told a story recently because um, there, there was an interview, and he said, "You know, the opening monologue in the the classic Stark. You know, totally go where no man has gone yeah. before." He did that. He made the the production team do that one hundred times remotely because he said, "If I'm going to do this, I am going to do it right because I have wanted to do this my whole life." I'm uh-huh. not going to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's the commitment. That is the passion yeah. that you need if you're going to do these franchises. Yeah. It was, um, Peter Capaldi was the same for Doctor Who, whereas the adorable thing that as a kid, he actually wrote and he's like, if it could be anything he wants, he wants to be in Doctor Who. He had his own Doctor Who fan club. It took him that oh my long God, to that's get so involved. cute. And it is, it's so adorable when you see this happen for genuine fans to get their chance. And you're going to get a much better portrayal because they do have so much love and passion for it. They're not going to let it get convoluted or made so they can make a bit of money. It's like, we're going to yeah. do this right. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think what I love about it now, like, say, especially in like the Star Wars aspect, they're taking more risks and we're getting more interesting stories because. Years ago, I think one of the famous lines that one of the producers said was, no one's going to be interested in a Star Wars film without Luke Skywalker or without the Skywalkers. And we've had stories now, like Rogue One was a massive, unbelievable, one of my favourite Star Star Wars stories. Uh, we've had The Mandalorian, which has just blew everything out of the way. Even the Book of Borgo was done well. Anakin. Andor. Uh, Andor. Um, Andor is, oh, I cried at Andor. I really did. It well, several times actually, because I kept doing things in it. Where I was like, "No, it's like Game of Thrones all over again." I'm like, "This is a really good character." Oh, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think when big franchises, as I said, when we talk about like franchise fatigue, it's when they do things that's predictable, and you you know you kind of sitting there watching it. It's when they 
to change it up and do something that you're not expecting. Like mm-hmm. we all hope and hoped and prayed at the end of Mandalorian too. We knew we were going to get a Jedi. We're all were yeah. guessing who which Jedi we we're going to get to come and get Grogu. Not in a million years did they think would they would have the balls to go with Luke. And when they did, they did it so well. I know he got shit for like the the more cash from the effects, but I cried like a baby. Like I absolutely cried my eyes out seeing Luke go full Vader and just destroy them robots and show full powered Luke, not just yeah. like Luke that we've heard that about. Helps. Why people were scared of the Jedi as well, and mm-hmm. that was the big thing for me. And then seeing all the aspects and the emotional that brought to. I've never cried well. so much in my life. I have but, never cried but... so much at a TV series. I think the only time it's ever surpassed it was um, Carl and the Walking Dead when he had to kill his mom. I was mm-hmm. a wreck. But that absolutely, I still to this day, I can't watch clips of it without bawling my eyes out. Um, I will never shit on the look of Luke on that on that end of the episode after watching the fucking work that went into how they did that. And I not even for like I remember when Rogue One came out and they were kicking off with um Peter Cushion's character and how bad the CGI looked on that and how bad Leia looked. And I was like, hang on a minute, they, no, it's there's some fucking hard work going into this <laughs> to give you that character. Like, come mm-hmm. on, I'll be gr- I'm grateful they've had the balls to even fucking try it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I've got a, a huge respect for that aspect of work. One question um, about the Mandalorian thing and this whole thing over. Um, who does everyone think is the Jedi that actually got him out? Like, who is that Jedi that did it? Oh, Miss Windu. Yeah. Right. 100%. I might like absolutely lose it if in this third season it doesn't happen. I do not see a glow of a purple lightsaber. Yeah. If, I don't <laughs> see that, if I don't see that purple lightsaber whip out at some point, I would be bitterly upset. But yeah, I am 100% convinced, Miss Windu. So, so someone to see a lightsaber whip out. Always. Way! <laughs> I want to um... see some... I want to see some Jar Jar in there at some point. Uh, Jar Jar's dead. It's fine. Jar Jar went, no, went no, quietly. He, the Gundams are gone. But, no, no, no. <laughs> at least they're out of the box now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, I, I, it, it's the only one that makes sense, especially with Samuel Jackson being posting hints uh, on Instagram and like on his social medias about Star Wars and stuff and wanting them to do more. So I think that's mm-hmm going to be the logical thing but um it's going to be an interesting ride it would be funny if you see yoda getting them out that would be quite interesting to see but i don't think they'll they'll say yoda with baby yoda would be i think goodwill's not looking very happy about that one <laughs> um like the getaway ever <laughs> like... <laughs> i don't know yeah. like, it depends if like yoda's got the rocket up his ass like he did when he was fighting uh count count and he was doing all the somersaults <laughs> and shit like that that just made no sense but yeah no but, anyway. but still you're <laughs> playing the system that's all he was doing was he doing a grandpa joe from uh charlie and the chocolate factory the lazy fucker oh, um, <laughs> benefit fraud in the galaxy <laughs> far far away <laughs> i love it fucking yoda playing the system the Imperial DHSS. <laughs> but on that note, 
But yeah, yes, I think. Uh, Shall we wrap this a, bad boy up? Yes. Yeah, so thank you both, Goodwill, for filming and being a Thanks. worthy replacement. Uh, like I say, always a pleasure. And thank you, Jessica, for making your podcast debut. Hopefully, like, you feel like the need to come back and join us in the future as well. I think she just needs to sit in the corner and just spout out trivia every so often and just keep us on the right path. Like your knowledge I mean, like, is the countdown one where like you've just got the book and like every now and again yeah. and, like, pull it out of the Dictionary <laughs> corner. We'll Boom. now go to Jessica. <laughs> Nerd corner, yes. Love it. So I think um we're returning on Tuesday. Tuesday. We've got a special episode on Tuesday with uh, Jen coming on to tell us about her nerdy business, um, Metal MC, I think it's called. Yes. I believe. Um, it is. I can't believe it. And we're going to be, she's asked to talk about friends as well. So I know when we get these special um, business uh, nerdy, like, like, we let them choose up, the topic. To, to let them choose the topic and have fun. But then I think we're back to top fives next weekend with top five heroes, I believe. So someone I'm trying to see. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I can see it now. Sorry. I, I, I screen I, the cutoff was ridiculous. Yes, top five heroes. Wow. Yeah. So mine's going to be all sweetness and light, and, and we'll probably go into some dark realms with Sam and Kev, I believe. But I see, think, see oh. who joins us on that night. But yes, um, have you got any Twitch streams planned, Goodwill? No, um, <laughs> no, I normally uh, twitch on Tuesday, but as it's the podcast, I uh, yield the spotlight. Oh, oh wow! Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you, could, you could twitch on a Monday or on a Wednesday on this week. Wednesday, yeah, you did it last time. You switched uh, to Wednesday. I might, I might have to move some stuff around. I'm such a busy <gasps> fellow. Oh, it's got <laughs> appearances to make and people to make happy. <laughs> yes, like work. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Well, is this, is this not your job? <laughs> <laughs> I might, yes. I might twitch on. Uh, yeah, I, I might do it on Wednesday. Parts four of my Far Cry Five playthrough. I'm um, truck simulator. That was shit. Oh no, you're getting so oh, much good feedback. Twenty minutes of truck simulator six months ago, and he just will not let it lie, man. <laughs> it was. Boring. I don't know why you let him get to you for. I really don't. He doesn't you get to me. You know, we play. Now? We play off each other. It's fine. He just comes on to my Twitch stream. He just goes, are you dead yet? And I go, no. And then I die immediately. And I just want to punch <laughs> the laptop. Um, we are, I am starting, fingers crossed, the recording for the Patreon series that I'm doing on Game of Thrones. Um, should be recording on Tuesday, but have yet to confirm a release date. So be on the lookout for that. Cool. I'll be the one putting it together, so it'll be fine. He was, he uh, certainly will be. <laughs> so it'll look pretty, at least. But, um, but yes, so uh, thank you. Follow us. Like I say, we've talked about the Nerdy Up North community quite a bit on this episode, so please yeah. do join us. Um, I think we're close to 7,000 members on there now, so it's 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 gathering pace. Um, or team. Uh, like I say, join the Patreon, give us some money. Um <laughs> <laughs> Like that's I've seen it uh, in yes. my Game of Thrones advert that I'm gonna re- that I'm recording. Mine just says, "Let us help us keep the lights on. We don't we're poor. <laughs> don't make us pimp out lives. goodwill. <laughs> goodwill is our, we have to pimp out goodwill to like little old ladies and stuff. But yes, <laughs> why? Sure, Dennis. <laughs> use Jake. Oh. oh no, you can't use Jake. He's he's heavenly. 
<laughs> exactly. Appeal to the Jesus people. Please don't. <laughs> to be fair, though, if, if, if we were a sunny cast, you would still be Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are, you are Charlie. You get the Charlie jobs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so thank you guys. And um, thank you. Same bad time, same bad channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.